You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Is this your... Have you got your own gym? Yeah, this is this my is gym. This is it, eh? Yeah. Just trying to work... Because I know I've seen your training and shit on your social. I wasn't sure if you were... Yeah, yeah. We'll, t- we'll so pump it up. I only opened it two weeks ago. Oh, hectic. Um, 2204 so is... We rolling, Postcode. Yeah, just down the road. Love that. Yeah. You only opened it two weeks ago. Yeah. What's that fucking experience like? Uh, it's full on. Like the full on part starts now with all the marketing and stuff and, yeah. you know, getting people through the doors, sales. Like I've never really done face-to-face sales before, mm. you know, having to sell something. Like yeah. sign up to the gym, pay your weekly fee, that kind of thing. It's pretty full on. Mm. And sales calls. Like cold calling people? Not cold calling. Like we've got social ads running and all that. But calling someone and being like, hey, you know, you've left a lead form. Do you want to sign up to my gym? I'm like, well, that's full on. Yeah, how do you, yeah. how do, you do you do you say it's the missile? Sure no, sign up. <laughs> you don't open with the missile. You don't open no, with the missile. No, no. So I had one of you my. You should mates. do A B testing, like open with the missile versus yeah. not opening with the missile. <laughs> See how you go. I had one of my mates in the gym when I was doing a couple of calls, and I was just like, "Hey, it's James from Tribe Marrickville." He's like, mate, why aren't you saying Magnuson? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, drop your name, bro. Drop <laughs> it in there. Imagine like that would get spun out. I was like, oh, I just can't bring myself to say it. Yeah. And also it feels weird. Like, yeah, I own the gym, but I'm also like the shit kicker doing the phone calls as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to do it the hard ways. Maybe even try, you know, two-time world champion. <laughs> Olympic silver medalist. What about James hanging Magnuson? out like hanging out in the, the, like, the confectionery aisle at like a Woolies or something? Just go... Like, you know, just handing out flyers to fatties as they make their way down with, like, a pack of Mars bars or some shit. It could work. Do we feel like there's something there? Uh, look. You, but you've got to try different things, right? It's Again, it's ABC testing. Just see what works. <laughs> Maybe even get into the yeah. aisle with your shirt off and point at your Olympic tat. <laughs> you, I'm assuming you've got one. You've got an Olympic tat. Yeah, i got the tat. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Do you yeah. have to get it? Well, that's the thing. It's become super popular. Um, so I think as tattoos became popular, the Olympic tat, is like almost compulsory now. So I remember when I was a little kid, I reckon it was the Sydney Olympics. I remember saying, to, and tattoos weren't around much. Like we're talking 20 years ago. This mm. is like pre Sunny Bill with the big yeah, Williams, Williams on the across back. the back. Post Malone. Yeah, I don't remember seeing one on Susie O'Neill. No, or Thorpey no, or Hackey, no. any of those guys. They're Did Klim have skins. one? Don't think so. Don't think so. And I remember, I remember seeing this guy at the Sydney Olympics. It wasn't a big name. It was an Aussie guy and he had a little Olympic rings on his chest. And I said to mum, oh, do you reckon I could get that if I made the Olympics? And she goes, that is the only tattoo I would be happy with you getting is if you went to the Olympics. And it was all just like, as if. Yeah, like, Never right. going to happen. Mm. And then when I got there, I was like, oh shit, we got to get this Here thing. Here we go, mum. <laughs> yeah, by the time it. I got there, everyone's getting them. And uh, this, is, this is my general rule of thumb. Like depending how good you are is how good big you get the olympic rings oh, okay. so if you're pretty if you're pretty good they're like subtle as you get to like the hanger honors it's like boom like one so big that if you like leave a couple of buttons undone on the shirt they're like this guy's an olympian oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, like, yeah if, if you got like an ariane titmus right you yeah. see her in a nightclub or something you're like oh it's ariane titmus i know yeah. when she went to the olympics yeah but you see some young 18 year old kid from like townsville you're like who's, who's this guy and then it's like boom <laughs> olympian <laughs> <laughs> that's so true i almost got i almost had to get one get the olympic rings tattooed last year it was like really a, a weight loss challenge i had to yeah. it was like if i didn't lose i think it's like 10 kilos inside of three months i had to get them and i was like 
Oh. Uh, nothing would look worse. I mean, obviously, like, if you were an Olympian and you've, like, you've lost, you know, you've put on weight post-career, yeah. a flabby Olympic Like a Jeff Hugel. He fluctuated. Skippy, a, yeah, a, you know, yeah. an overweight Olympic rings on someone who's been to the Olympics is fine. But on mm. just, like, a sloppy nobody. On a civilian. <laughs> on a civilian to have the Olympic rings, like, it would have just been so embarrassing to Did exist you get to on the beach. placement? I was saying I wanted it here because that's where everyone got it. On them. the ribs? Yeah, that's like where yeah. the Olympians get it. Is that so where yours like, is? I went ribs. Yeah. I think I was like one of the first to go ribs. It's become like pretty mainstream. It used to be Peck. Oh, Peck was okay. a spot. What, above um, your heart? Yeah, probably. Mm. I reckon so, yeah. Now like um, there's wrist, ankle, all that sort of jazz. But, uh, yeah, I've seen a couple of the young boys from recent Olympics just go, like, so Oh, go bold. I've even seen a couple go, like, full massive Olympic rings and then Sitius, Altius, Fortius. That's, the, like, the whole... Faster, stronger, higher or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, not only did we go to the Olympics, we know the, the motto. motto. <laughs> that is fucking dribbly. <laughs> I have a mate who I'm not going to name. That. <laughs> I love that. Dude, i got a mate who I won't name, but his name is, all, his name is James, but obviously not Magnuson. He was a he was quick in year twelve at sprinting. I think I know this man. That was it. He was quick. Yeah, and he might have like gone to whatever the fucking read like the tournament is for if you you're good regionals regionals State. regionals. And yeah, he got yeah. the data fight or whatever at like Latin Olympic motto tattoo. No, he oh, <laughs> He's still got it. We even shit about it to this Dude. day. Yeah. Oh, that is outrageous. Yeah, yeah it's, it's often, fantastic. So I didn't know that. Uh, saying until I saw a few blokes get it tattooed. And then I was like, these new sports, like breakdancing, for example, at the next Olympics, how does that fit into faster, stronger, higher? It doesn't like, really. We're no, getting we that shit to us. Well, unless you, unless you spin faster. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. Bright, like bounce, pop, pop higher. Pop higher. Yeah. And <laughs> what's the other one? Harder. And stronger. Stronger. I'd be happy if they culled it to probably... Like, I'll piss off a lot of people here, but, like, maybe five sports. Really? Like running, swimming, track cycling, gymnastics, like a weightlifting or a fighting or something. Like, let's start culling. Oh, you'd, oh, you'd trim it right. Trim even it like, out of even it. like your, your javelins and your discs. Well, that's track. Yeah, I just, I just oh, group athletics. it in track. Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. Like, athletics, swimming. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're your main two always. Um, but then I'd cull it down to like I like I like track cycling. That's pretty fun to watch. The velodrome stuff, I yeah. don't it's mind. pretty cool. And yeah. then some of those crashes at the Com Games were pretty Whoa. wild. That was good. Humongous. Content. Yeah, yeah. And when you Everyone go to okay. like, like I've spent my whole life training in institutes and stuff, like in gyms, and the strongest guys in the gym are always the track cyclists. Like the biggest, loudest, baddest dudes. Track oh, really? cyclists. Well, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. You see their legs, well, the bro. Quads, They're yeah. like. Do we, do we think quads maketh the man? Oh, yeah. Well, if quads, quads maketh ass. the man, they're all men. And you know what? Not to insert myself here, but one of the reasons my knees are so bad, poor quads. So, oh, you know quads? quads. I'm, I'm no quads. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. Imagine you in the lycra with the really fast helmet in yeah. the velodrome, dude. <laughs> Fuck, you'd fall back. Dude, you'd fall so put heavy. Me, put me alongside world record time and just watching me get lapped. <laughs> Yeah, the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always thought if the track cycling, like, there's a fair bit of pressure to be pieced up in that sport because the outfits. It's all pressure. Oh, don't you think it's a pressure to be pieced up in swimming? Yeah, so swimming is an interesting one, right? So if you saw those little shorts we wear mm. off the body, 
They're about like they're like a little pair of boxer shorts for like a six year old kid. They're tiny. So to physically get into them, you gotta go a tuck method. Okay. So, so you basically just mash By the it time all up anyway. by the time you, you walk out, you look like a Kendall. Right. So you must you must you gotta tuck. tuck. Yeah. Proper tuck? Hey? Then are you are you like bulldogging out the back? Or is it yeah, just like yeah. it's all just sort of no, nah, tuck straight back in between and get the separation. Is it like a is it like a Silence of the Lambs situation <laughs> oh, with Buffalo uh, Bill? With Buffalo Bill is yeah. it like that? <laughs> yeah, and right. I I remember I was watching. Um, <laughs> you got to go was, full Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a race with my missus during the Com Games, and uh, I went, "He's gone to the side." Like as as they stood up behind the blocks, I was like, "He's gone the sidewinder." It's so over. it's in up front and to the yeah, side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I could see it as he walked out behind the blocks. I was like, Can't, that race is over. He's so do you reckon it's going to slow you down having it out the front? It's just, you're just going to feel it. Right. And you don't want to be thinking about it. You want to be thinking about anything but you what your be, doing. You want to be, for all intents and purposes, dickless on the blocks. Dickless. Full Kendall. Would you ever, did you ever tape it up? No, nah, never taped. Like you didn't tape it in nah, your, in but your you, cheeks. But you spend you spend so much time putting these suits on. Yeah. And the the biggest the biggest panic you'll ever get. So to put those that little pair of pants on might take twenty minutes. No. Twenty yeah. minutes. Twenty minutes. And they're made of really coarse material. So what ends up happening, you end up pulling the skin off your knuckles by the end of the week when you put a num- number on. So sometimes you're about to walk out for a world champs final and you're pissing blood out of your hands trying to pull this suit on and tuck your Jesus. Do you, have, you do you have handlers? Bench. Do you have people to help? Tuckers? No, the, the Australians don't. But, but yeah, I bet you the Yanks have got tuckers. Not the Yanks. Sun Yang. He had tuckers. That so mouth cheating bastard. Sun Yang used to do his warm-up, do his warm-up, walk into the change rooms and just stand there naked like Jesus on the cross and he'd have these little Chinese blokes like <laughs> rushing about him, pulling up his suit. And the reason it's burnt into my head, it was just like... A mass of pubes. Song <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yang. Well, he's like he's like trying to be bred as like the perfect specimen, and you need no drag. So obviously, swimmers like all shaved down everywhere. So his legs shaved down. I don't know. He probably, I don't think he even get torso hair. I'm not sure. But then just like boom, massive pubes. Just bushed and up. You could barely see anything for pubes. Just like, I don't reckon he's ever even trimmed on with a pair of scissors ever. And I mean, and it was there. I mean, I don't want you to necessarily put Sun Yang's business in the streets, but it's safe to assume not much. Not much. Not doing. much to tuck. Not much doing. Yeah. So, so like the opposite of Matt Shervington. Yeah, opposite of Shervo, opposite of the lunchbox. You, you were never Shervo was retired before your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the swimming circles, and I don't know if you are at liberty to disclose such things, but who was the Shervo of the pool? <laughs> oh, the Shervo of the pool. Yeah. Um, oh, probably one. <laughs> Shout out to Wesley for having this on. Probably uh, there's a, there's a couple. One like less known one was a bloke that did 200 butterfly called Grant Irvine. So you think like if you're willing to do 200 butterfly an elite level, you probably pieced up. Like yeah. it takes a set of nuts to do that. Why? Because it's so it's so hard. That's the hardest event. Right. Four laps of butterfly. Mm. Uh, that's the. That's so you, what you, is that like a prerequisite to probably getting a start? Is Whip it out. I'd say so. Mm. Well, remember Nick Darcy was the 200 butterfly. Nick mm. Darcy, like, yes. Never, never seen him in the change rooms, but I would imagine based off his his behaviour that he's hogged up. Yeah, he did carry himself like a man that was dicked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, other one did. the other one was um, my relay teammate, James Roberts, um, was was well-renowned for being hogged up. Okay. And uh, he, was, he was living 
and swimming at the AIS and apparently got about his work down there at the AIS. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Amongst he all the sports. Good for him. So he went to the Olympics with you? He went to the Olympics, yeah, yeah. If, so obviously I'm not an Olympian. I don't know if that's going to shock the listener. <laughs> but I'm not. I do, however, as most listeners will probably agree, we've heard rumours about the Olympics, particularly yeah. ones that weren't riddled with COVID. So you were, yeah. you were at London and... Rio. Uh, Rio, yeah, both pre-COVID, where the rumor is that athletes like to, you know, fuck chong, <laughs> chong, chong, <laughs> chong, chong. A lot of get chonging. down to business. Yeah. Now, is is that sort of information circulated around? Like, listen, my mates hogged up. Like, is that sort of rumor going around the? Here's one. So the was, accommodation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so village? I was, I was talking to... Uh, Is there a notice board? I was talking to Matt White the other night on SEN. We are doing the Com Games commentary. And uh, the athletics was on. And we are watching. And there was a particular runner, female runner. And so basically in this, you'll have a building of a country. So we've got a high-rise building and it's all Australians in that building. And the swim team will be on one or two levels. Like one level might be all the male swimmers and one level is all the female swimmers. And, uh, and people will come looking for a scalp in the, in the swim team. So there's a specific runner. It was, <laughs> it was just... In the sense that, like, because the swimmers are all kind of, like, athletic and hot. Is it, like, people coming to the... Sw- oh, is the swim I team, like, the most... Is the swimmer a big scalp? Is that the yeah, big scalp? Yeah, like, the so most I think, coveted... I think in Australia it's the big scalp. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably the most well-known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get the most media coverage, that kind of thing. So it was a, 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 well, a well-known um, female athlete, athletics... Uh, girl that still was hanging around the male swim team. An level. Australian athlete? Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and she was on the search for a medalist, I reckon. She wanted a, she wanted a big scalp. <laughs> Who doesn't? And uh, and by, <laughs> by, uh, by week two, she settled for a heat swimmer of a medley <laughs> event. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, take what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, do. yeah, yeah. You start going for the big scalp, and if it gets to week two and push comes to shove, then that medley event will do. It, that must be one of the great leg ups as a swimmer to know that you're swimming week one. You've got week two to it's good to get down to business, as it were. Would would any of the swimmers like wear the medallion on the job? Ooh, sure. I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of it, but it, surely it would happen. It would, it would have shock to me if it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly, I guess, with like the thing with the village is uh, like, yeah, there's a bit of chonging going on between countries and stuff like that, but people are competing right up till the end. Mm. So for swimmers, we get to go out, like, we finish in seven days. The Olympics goes for 14 or 16 or something. So I remember London, it just turned into like this full bender. It was like eight, nine days. It was like schoolies. Probably probably one of the best weeks of my life, that second week after the swimming was done. Yeah. And a bunch of Australian sponsors and uh, like different prominent Australians had opened like pop-up nightclubs and stuff like that that was just like rolling out the red carpet for Aussie athletes. Um, and so that that is like the best part of it as a swimmer is like, yep, like all the pressure is like intense up front. And as Australians, we're like the swim team better fucking perform. Yeah. 
And then you're like, oh, it's done. Boom, let's go. And the athletics people are just starting to get in their work and you're like, ah, oh, suck it. Suck you. <laughs> like yeah. you got the marathon or something, you're like, the last <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awful. Oh. Or like, even all the, te- all the team events have to play the whole time. And it starts getting like a bit noisy in the village and stuff. And like we're rolling in at 4am and the runners are like trying to sleep because they've got to get up at 7 to go do their heats and stuff. So it's, it gets a bit scat for those guys towards does be- the end. Does that become an issue? Like, yeah, do you get in trouble like, for making too much I noise? I think it's like, like a lot of sports, it's gotten, it's definitely gotten better, but certainly when I first came in, a lot of sports didn't like the swim team because of that reputation. I think because they were also seen as like the rock stars kind mm. of, which is like kind of bullshit. Like we're pretty, it's a pretty chill team once you get to know the people on it. Mm. But uh, they didn't like that and they didn't like the fact that we'd finish early and get a bit rowdy while everyone else is trying to compete. Did you f- kind of feel like rock stars a little bit though? Like whether you like, you know, I guess, you know, in the moment you may be unaware of it, like how you might feel, but like because yeah. you're the fucking Aussie swim team, it's like you're the cricketers of the pool. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird one because it, it sneaks up on you, um, and it's not until you look back on it after your career and you're like, holy shit, that was like a pretty big deal. But when you live it, it's just it's just life, yeah. and you come to deal with it. But um, in hindsight, some of the stuff that I went through throughout my career, um, and some of the publicity and stuff like that, I'm like, whoa, that got pretty loose there intense, for a while. Yeah, right? it got intense. Like, that would have been yeah. an intense period of your life to go. How old are you when all that, like, was it London when where it, it was sort of off, like, the, like the shit was popping off? Yeah, like 20. Um, you were 20? Were you 20? Yeah, yeah, 20. So I'm 31 now. Um, wow. So I was 20 at the time. Um, it's, which is funny because I remember at the time, and I don't know, well, I would have been older than you actually, but like to see it through a lens of someone a bit older now and like being 20 and having to go through that sort of scrutiny. Yeah. That must've been fucking overwhelming. It was, it was pretty overwhelming. Like particularly given uh, my background and my upbringing. So like born and raised in Port Macquarie had a very humble, quiet upbringing and was never touted as the next big thing or anything can kind of burst onto the scene around 18, won my first world title, uh, just turned 20 and went into that Olympics as the world champ. And uh, I remember, so I went over to China to swim the world championships. No one really expected much of me and like caused a big upset and became um, the first world champ for Australia in the 100 free. So 100 free is like the event, right? Yeah, it's, like the, it's like the 100 meter yeah, sprint. Yeah, it's the hot yeah. boy event. Yeah. yeah, and whilst it's the big event, Australia's never been good at it. We've always been good at the long stuff. You think like Perkins, Hackett, Thorpe, we're always good at the long stuff. And so suddenly we went, oh shit, we got a guy in the main event. And mm. I think that kind of like snowballed everything a mm. bit. Um, so went over to China, won that world title, and then went on a holiday afterwards with my mum and my little brother. We just went to Beijing and complete anonymity. Like no one knew who we were, just won a world title, but didn't really sink in. Flew home with mum and my little brother and we get off the plane at the international airport and there was just cameras everywhere wow. and reporters with like mics in my face, like bright lights flashing. Oh, I was like, oh shit, like is this, this is me now. Like, and that yeah. was kind of like the before and after, I can live my life, life normally and now I'm this guy that is expected to be a role model and uphold these standards and represent his country and there was a definite period in my life where it's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. 
How um, intense, dude. Like 20 years of age is not old at all. Well, young. So, yeah. Dude, young. Incredibly but so, but, young. But how old were you at this when you came back from the World Champs? You're 20 then? I just turned. Just yeah, turned yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just so what did you do in that moment when you saw these cameras? Were you like, were you given, you weren't even tipped off that this was happening? You said you get off the plane. Nah, like, oh, nah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I guess because I was in China and when we went to China, um, they like made us switch off our roaming and all this stuff because they've got all these laws, weird Shout laws over there about what you can search on the internet and stuff. And they're like, oh, we got all the young yeah, boys yeah, in the yeah. swim team. Like, let's just chop this. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's eyes up. Yeah, it's eyes <laughs> up. That's eyes up. <laughs> it's eyes up. Maybe Lee could t- learn a thing or two from <laughs> that sort of pilot. Yeah. And uh, so I hadn't been reading or watching or hearing anything, which was like pure ignorant bliss. Mm. And uh, so apparently what happened, they had that World Champs, it was the first year we'd gone from Channel 9 primetime to 1 HD. Remember that shitty yep. channel? Yeah, 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 to be, yeah, Oh, the sports We were talking about that the other day. We were actually enough. talking about it. With Joel. Yeah, sure you can't. So swimming went to 1 HD, which was just the dumbest move mm. ever. Anyway, so they're putting swimming on late at night after like reruns of MASH because by this time they've figured out that 1 HD is just tanked. Mm. Yeah. And then leading into the final of that 100 free, I'd swum a fast heat, fast semi, and I was going in favourite for the final. And they broadcast it live on Channel 10, interrupted, I think, Neighbours or whatever it was, like 7.30. Dr. Carl cheating on his missus again. We have to interrupt this broadcast. 7.30, Channel 10, like the only race they broadcast live. So everyone ended up seeing it or heard about it. Mm. And uh, I, I didn't know any of that and uh, got home and I was just like, whoa, like this is really different. And I think the, the thing I found the hardest with all of that was um, I've, I was a good swimmer, but I'm not, I'm not like a swimming guy. Like I'm not a, I'm not a, a student of the sport as such. Mm. Um, I remember lining up in that, that final at the World Champs and uh, I didn't even know half the people I was racing. Um, like I hadn't studied who my competition was. I hadn't watched a heap of swimming leading into it. In my spare time, like I could count on one hand the number of times I've spoken about swimming with my mates in my life. Like my mates at school, I think when I first made the Australian team, they were like, oh shit, is he that good? Like we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, like I never spoke about it. I'd win national titles at school and stuff and be going junior Australian teams and they wouldn't even speak about it at the school assembly. That wasn't, that wasn't my thing. Why didn't you speak about it? You weren't... Were you just not interested particularly or you, were you shy? Uh, you didn't want to sort of show that side of yourself? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think... Um, like I enjoyed swimming, but it, it was almost like a separate world that stayed separate from my mates at school. And my mates, like I've got, I've had swimming mates and stuff, but I had my school mates that I was tighter with and we just never spoke about it. And uh, I was more into my rugby league. I think probably- Who do you go for? The Bulldogs. Tough. Carry on. Tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Potentially on the up though. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Prefer to be them than Manly at this point. Well, Oof. all the Tigers. All the Tigers. But Manly yeah. in turmoil. Yeah, but Manly will come and Manly rise will again. come. Yeah, we'll win the comp next year. Tigers so then, yeah. will never rise. No, they won't. <laughs> no, 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 they're right. fucked. Yeah, they're anyway. fucked, at least for five years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was more into football. I think like that was just more the popular sport at school, so I played footy. 
um, my email. Remember, you'd have the uh, MSN. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my MSN email, Messenger. MSN mm-hmm. Messenger. My MSN was the next Sunny Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the next Sunny Bill. Wow. All right. I was wow. obsessed with Sunny Bill. Really? Um, well, fair. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. wasn't? No. Yeah. So then, yeah. do you think that you, when it like, yeah, you've come back, won the world champs, then it's getting to the Olympics? Do you, it seems like you weren't necessarily the type of guy who, uh, warmed to or thrived under the spotlight necessarily did you feel like a pressure to be that guy though yeah so i worked like i had to convince myself that like you you know in the 100 meters running you see the bravado and like those guys are the most confident guys in the world yeah like usain bolt maurice green like their tongues out they're loving it yeah Yeah. so so the, the 100 freestyle whilst it's like less upfront showy it's a similar mentality you've got like to win that event, you're the fastest swimmer in the world. Potentially, uh, at that time, you're the fastest swimmer in history, right? And so it's a, like a bit of a weird thing to get your head around. Like, before I get on those blocks, I've got to think I'm the best before I can win. Mm-hmm. And that was always my thing. I've got to believe that I'm going to win before I, I can win. I've never gone to the, into a race and gone, oh, shock me. I just won and I didn't think I could. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. And so you've got to – like, I worked really hard on building that bravado – and that um, kind of confidence. And that was part of like, part of it for me was, I wouldn't say I'm introverted, but like I'm not super outgoing, like don't make friends that easily and stuff like that. So I had to like kind of put on this front that like, yeah, I'm this super confident guy that's ready to go out there, represent the country and like be the fastest swimmer in the world. And then um, around that time, around London, I think that like probably started to seep a little bit into my general life and Mm. the lines were becoming blurred between like this persona that I had to have to be the best in swimming. And the problem was like everywhere I went, like I go to get groceries at the local store and people are stopping me like, eh, the missile, like you're the best. It's a fucking good nickname. Yeah. It's, it's a, a ripping nickname. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. How, were you getting stopped like all the time? Like every five meters. Bruh. Like swimming's just one of those sports when it happens, it friggin' happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and I remember they they did these metrics uh with my management at the time, like they do it for sponsors or whatever. It's like recognizability. Mm. And it kind of determines your value in the the third party world, right? Getting yeah. sponsors and stuff. And I think they did like an Australian cricketer or something. It's like 80% recognizability or something leading into that London Olympics. I think I was like 96% Shit. recognizability when they test it with an audience. So of every hundred people they test 96 of them. Wow. No, that is crazy. Crazy, crazy, scary. Yeah. I was going to say, right? Yeah. Be overwhelming, scary like, and intense. like, just can't can never get away from not who you are but like what you do and so for me who like has never really identified as a swimmer and kind of is very quiet in that sense to just be constantly like boom missile 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 i'm like whoa 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 like chill yeah Yeah. were you given any tools or advice from from your management or from swimming australia from like australian olympic committee on how to deal with any of this or you like literally winging it winging yeah winging it like winging it like just by the seat of my pants like i remember so i did an interview or something and uh like hammed it up a bit i think it was leading into the olympic trials i'm like yeah i'm 
I'm going to swim fast or whatever. Mm. And uh, I remember Swimming Australia were like, yeah, all right, like you can play it down a bit, but whatever, like we love it. And then I swam like the fastest time ever in the 100 freestyle at that trials. And so you got the world record? Yeah, well, without the... You remember they got the suits, oh, the pro suits. Yeah. Was this after that? Yeah, yeah, after the suits. So yeah. it was the fastest time in the non super suit yeah era. but so the, the super suit time still stood yeah stood yeah it's weird Fuck. it's only just been broken yeah 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 right. so without the super suits the fastest time ever was van and hugenban remember him yes, I, I do, do. he did Thorpe he he's great nemesis he yeah. beat thorpe in the 200 meter free yeah, in sydney, sydney. Yeah. yeah so in so he Fuck went that guy, by Fuck the way. that guy Fuck that guy <laughs> he went 47.8 without the super suit then i come out without and go 47.1 so like, oh wow blow it like blow it way out and so people are freaking out and i got out of the water after that race and howie's there remember howie howie of howie games yeah Fox, yeah, howie. yeah channel 10 howie yeah, yeah yeah and we we do this interview and he goes just just out of nowhere he goes what have you got to say to the rest of the world and puts the mic in my face yeah and i'm like well and i'm in like just a post swim, you like jacked up. Jacked up, and I'm like, brace yourself. Oh! Everyone's like, oh! 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 And, uh, and oh, remember, shit. before this swimming, Australia's said to me like, oh, you know, maybe play it down a bit. <laughs> After that, they like got massive click-throughs on all these articles. The ratings went right up. Replays of the race went nuts. So Swimming Australia comes to me and go, you know what you did there after that race? They're like, we love it. Like, go for it. Let's ham this thing up. Let's go. Hard. Let's go. Brace yourself is and, good. Uh, it is good. It's it good. is good, dude. It's and it's got me pumped up. <laughs> and you, <laughs> know what, what you know what ended up happening? So about... Oh, it must have been a couple of months after that swim. They released a, ga a Game of Thrones season or episode or something. And one of the guys goes, brace yourself, winter's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or winter's coming, brace, brace yourself, yourself or something yeah. like that. And then there was all these memes going around of like me on Ned Stark's body saying like, brace yourself, the missile's coming and <laughs> stuff like that. So it's just weird timing. But yeah. that, like, that moved the needle for swimming. It was probably the first time in a while where they're like, fuck, we got, yeah. we got one here. Yeah. And so they started going like, yeah, this is, this is it now. Like, let's push this narrative. So then I started feeling like a little bit of pressure of like, oh, shit, I said that before. Like, now do I, I have, have to, to like... ramping it up. Yeah, it was just this really awkward spot I found myself in. And like, I never felt comfortable in it. Um... But it almost became a thing that I felt like I had to do when I was on camera or something like that. Yeah. And still to this day, people meet me and they're like, oh, that's like not what I expected. Like, I thought you were up yourself or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like it's two different things. And, yeah. and in Australia, we have a real problem understanding the difference between like confidence and arrogance. Like you tread a fine line, you do. And I understand that. Like at times, I'll admit arrogance took over from confidence. But I'm trying to be the fastest man in history. Like fucking hell, if I can't, I got I've got to swing my dick a little bit. <laughs> you're also trying to you're also <laughs> trying to let the rest of the world know that you're not to be fucked with. Yeah, and just, yeah, you yeah. Just from the fastest time in history. It's yeah. funny yeah. though, right? Because you because like you do love it as the audience, or like if you you know swimming Australia, like you love what it brings. That you know, brace yourselves and all that shit. But they don't, they're not forgiving if you don't back it up. But it's basically like, unless you fucking win, dude. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big time. And, that, and it probably, you know what it did that I didn't really realise? Like, it put more pressure on me at the time. Yeah. But it also, 
there's like a large portion of the population that wants to see the world burn, right? And oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. What it did was just put me like square in their crosshairs. So they're like, we're just waiting we're for this waiting guy to trip yeah. up. Like, we're, <laughs> yeah. we've, yeah. like I reckon they'd pre-written the DMs and just sat on it and gone, let's yeah. just wait until this guy slips up and then we'll hit enter. And just yeah. go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I opened myself up to that. And this was this, I mean, we're back in 2012 now. Like this is at the very beginning of social media. Which is kind of good, right? Like if it was today's time, do you think it'd be more hectic? Well, kind of good, but kind of like nobody knew how to deal with social media. So True. I remember I got Instagram leading into the London Olympics and it was pretty niche then. Remember you used to use like the real heavy filters and like borders on photos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Images oh, some of my so early shit. Instagram work is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Filtered with an inch of its life. With an inch yeah, of its yeah, life. Yeah. So dark you can barely see what's in front. Yeah, I've got like, su- like sunsets and stuff, dude. Like it's yeah. all pretty good. So that was like, and I remember on Insta and stuff like, oh, how does this thing work? And like, how do you get followers leading into London? And then... Because then we're at the Olympics, not really knowing how to use social media like we do today, like looking at messages and stuff. And I'm like getting pumped. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like this is what they've... So I went from being over in China, not knowing what the hell was going on. To then just having direct access. To people just like having, yeah, straight access into my daily life. It's a, it, was yeah. a, it was a bit of a spin out in itself, but... And people being fuck like awful. Oh yeah, people people get pretty loose with with what they say, and um, it's a weird thing as a swimmer, right? So uh, because we get the swim team, not the individual swimmers, the swim team gets money off the government, mm. not much, a nominal amount. It might be like flights to get to the Olympics or something like that. Yeah, but people go, that's my taxpayer dollar, therefore I own you. Oh, God. it's a long bow, bro. <laughs> it's a long, oh, long bow, mate. And the amount of tax wow. I've paid over the years, trust me, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more than paid for my own way. <laughs> anyway, I've had people come up to me in nightclubs, being like, in night "Put clubs. that fucking drink down. It's my taxpayer money paying for you to go Are to the Olympics. Are you serious? Why aren't you training? Like, oh I've had my God! Multiple people sprays so like that. People stupid. saying like, "It's my taxpayer money that funds your career." What do you say to that? You like, what fuck can you what? say? Well, yeah. What can you say? Right? What can you say? That like, if someone's that delusional yeah. to think that they're paying for my career and that I should be training at 12am on a Saturday night. <laughs> it's like, mate, where do I go from there? Like, seriously. No. Yeah. yeah. So they're the type of people that you get just going you. And it's probably slightly different to rugby league where you're getting pumped from like opposition supporters or something, which is, it is what it is, right? Yes. But it's when, kind of part of the course. But when people are pumping you from your own country who you're representing, and saying that, like, basically they own you and, like, therefore they get should get a say over your career and, like, this is how they feel about your performances. It probably hits, like, a little closer to home. Yeah. Maybe more like a... Um, oh, what's his name? Jackson Paulo from The weekend, right? How people were pumping him, like, his own supporters. Yeah. When it comes from within, it hurts a little bit more because it feels like you're being betrayed a little bit. Yeah. Does that cross your mind when you're trying to motivate you for a race? Like, let's use the Olympics as an example where you're representing your nation. Like, does that sort of leak into your mind where you're maybe trying to pump yourself up to represent the country, but then also you're aware that there's a percentage of the country that yeah. have so it in for you? It's weird, right? The first time you represent Australia, like the f- you get the, the gold cap and you got the green swimmers. 
I remember the first time I represented Australia was uh, it was the same year as the Com Games. So it was a Pan Pacific Championships first. Mm. Do- doesn't mean shit these days, but back in the days used to be thing. Yeah, Pan Packs, Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, Pan yeah. Packs. I remember Pan Packs as the sort of like Pan Packs. I don't even shortened. know if they do it anymore. I don't even know if they do. They but I remember have. the Pan Packs in Kuala Lumpur was like Pan- that was like that was like Thorpey's on un- like the name yeah. Pan Packs reminds me. It's of a cool name. Young. Yeah, it sounds cool. It reminds me of Thorpey. And yeah, you're like a young. Just reminds me of being young. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, Pan Packs. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. Yeah, I honestly don't know if they still do it, but. This was my first team and it was a big deal. And you get your gold cap. And I remember sitting in the marshalling area before I go out for my first race and I'm sort of spinning my cap around. And that's when you look at the cap and you're like, I'm not swimming for myself anymore. Now I'm representing Australia. And it has like this, gives you this boost. And I remember my first race, I was like, yep, doing it for Australia. Like, let's go. But then at that time, I was just a shit kicker. Like no one expected anything of me. And so Mm. representing my country was didn't really mean anything but when you got 20 million people expecting you to win gold then it's no longer it's not like it spurs me on it's like whoa shit yeah it wigs you out and uh particularly going into that london olympics it just panned out the way that we we weren't expected to win many golds i was the only guy leading into that olympics that had won a gold at the world championships the only swimmer at all on the whole team Mm. So we've gone from like this star-studded team early 2000s to, all right, now all our hopes and dreams are in one guy, but we still have these really high hopes and dreams because we're Australia and we're good mm. at swimming. Yeah. Who do we focus everything in on? And like, it was a blessing and a curse, right? Like how many people get to say they had that moment in their lives? Like, yeah. I look yeah. back on it and it's fucking wild, like wild beyond mm. your dreams. But it also was wild in that, uh, the the pressure and the intensity and the scrutiny that I copped afterwards was equally outrageous. <laughs> yeah. But what can you do? What can you do? You're there. You're so uh, you said like the week after was one of the funnest times. Yeah. Did you not? When did the blow? When did the blowback start? Oh, the blowback started straight away on pool deck. So um, on pool deck. On pool deck. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. set the scene. You've just finished second by a split second. Yeah. If memory serves. Yeah. One one hundredth of a second. A bee's dick. A bee's dick. A In bee's the old dick. Metric. But to me, the time that I lost by or that I got silver by has never really been a factor because it's like you live and die by the sword. I've won races by that, I lose races yeah. by that. For me, I was just like, ugh, like I didn't get the result I wanted. And obviously like shattered. Mm. Like completely shattered. And completely shattered, but also like a hundred freestyles that event. Uh so it's the same uh, time frame is 400 meters running. So remember when you ran a 400, what you feel like at the end? Yep. It's Hell. like full exhaustion. Yeah. Mm. Nothing left. Like head spinning. You're so cool. I used to boot after them. Yeah. 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 So it's the exact, exact same energy system. So you get out of the pool and you, you got nothing left. You're at your most vulnerable point you'll ever be at. And I remember I walked, uh, I walked along the pool deck. I think it was Gian Rooney interviewed me. I can't even remember what was said there. And it probably wasn't the best. But then you walk off pool deck and you walk into what's called a mix zone, which is like a zigzagging, probably 200-meter walk of the world media. Just oh, going... Bro. 200 meters? Yeah, and London, London was big because London media is big, right? And yeah. it's, just, it's a hub. Every media outlet in the world's got a headquarters in London. And so you walk in, it's just... Bro. So this is how long after you finish the race? Like, 
30 seconds Whoa, a minute. Oh, yeah. dude. And like, so you don't even get a second to catch I'm your still in your swimmers. You're still puffing. You haven't had a chance to, like, absorb anything. And I'm like, right, I'm not going to speak to, like, any of the world media except Australia because that's kind of what we're told to do. And we've got a media manager that comes in. And uh, he leads me through past the Americans or whatever, the British, blah, blah, blah. And then there's just a mass of Australian media there. So all the media that had been sent to the Olympics for whatever sport had come on this night, right? This was the night. And mm. so they're there and their pens are sharpened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I walk yeah. up to the media and I'm talking like, think of all your big name rugby league journos right now that you see on TV yeah. that you hear from regularly. They're all there front and centre. Really? All the current rugby league journos. Danny Widler, Kenty, Buzz. All of them. Reedy. All of them. And they, they know jack shit about swimming. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But you know what they're like. Boy, Missile, why are you such a fucking loser, mate? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Ah! yeah, you know what they're like. Yeah. And the first question I get, how does it feel to have just let down your country? <gasps> oh! No. From from wow. one of, if, if not probably the most prominent rugby league writers right now. No. Wow. Can you say who it is or not? Can and uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> there. But yeah, you can, wow. you can have your guesses. And wow. I'm just like, I'm trying to absorb what's just happened in my own head. The fact that I just, I haven't won the race that I wanted to win. Did I feel like up until then I'd let down my country? Or had I even had time to think about that? Probably not. But I remember just my heart just going like, Oh, like, <laughs> dude, oh. what a dagger to put in. Dude, that yeah. is so brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. beyond, there's like such an, uh, a departure from compassion to ask that question of someone who's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I spoke about the other week on, um, on SEN, we're doing the crunch time after the Paul Green thing. And so often, and, and now I'm in the media world a little bit, I hear so often now from journalists, they're like, oh, well, I had to, obviously I had to ask that, you know. And sometimes it's like, no, you didn't. did you? No. Like, <laughs> nah, did you yeah. have to go that angle? Yeah. Like there's so many angles in, in, in any given interview. You also still got silver. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Which is can, a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Silver's a yeah. massive deal. You lost by a bee's dick. We've been over it. Maybe like, you Dude, know, so how are you feeling? Are you disappointed? You know? Yeah, yeah, how yeah. How are you how feeling? How are you feeling? Yeah. As opposed to your letdown. Because I give you the hot tip. Uh, you didn't. You know what I mean? It's no. not like the whole nation's yeah, going, yeah, yeah. oh my God, what's he done? Yeah. Because Cancel Christmas. On the flip side, <laughs> on the flip side, like if you want to spin it a different way, there's plenty of silver medalists that we just can't get enough of. And when like Jane Savile, she got disqualified, comes back and wins like a bronze at the at like four four years later. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, yeah. loving it. Yeah. yeah. Jane, yeah. yes. This yeah. bronze. Yeah. So, so did that you, was, what did you did you respond in that? Did that like do you, you feel yourself being pissed off? Is it just like Oh, I'm I? so pissed. Yeah. And I think my interviews reflected it. Like I was pissed. Yeah. And I think I was pretty short and eventually just walked off and stopped talking. And that probably gave them even more MO yeah. than if I had have just like straight batted it. And uh, I remember, like, I, I spoke to my manager after it and I was like, I'll never speak to that guy again for the rest of my life. Um, I, I, and have you? I, I've spoken to him of recent because we've crossed paths. Um, I wouldn't say, uh, like, we buried the hatchet. I, I don't even know if he remembers what he said. I don't reckon he does because he says some pretty scat stuff on a regular basis. Mm. But I'm but, getting, getting some ideas of who it might but, be. Um, but... I, I no longer hold ill feeling, put it that way. Mm. I, um, I thought I could hold a grudge for life, but I can't. And sometimes now I just, 
kind of laugh at the sensationalism of some of the stuff he says and can yeah. take it for what it is. Did you have to work through that shit? How long did that take to work through like all of that? Oh, to a point man. where you go like, I don't hold a grudge anymore. Yeah, like, I think. Um, so for me, so so the f- the fallout for London and then the stuff that came after London. So straight straight off the back of London was Still Knocks Gate, and that the was Still Knocks Six. Boom. Still the still knock six. So where does, where does that sit in our like timeline here? So the four by one hundred meter font relay was after your your individual event. No, four by one relay is the first event of the meet. Oh, it's first. Yeah, yeah. So when is that all that still knock stuff like broken? About, uh, oh, broken. Like uh, when's so, it comes so, out? So the Olympics are in about August. The still knock stuff comes out in about January. So it takes a few months for that to leak out. Okay. Oh, it comes so out like quite a lot. Long. Quite a while after. So the Still Knox incident actually occurs probably three, maybe four weeks before the Olympics. Oh, really? Before oh, they the made Olympics. out like it was the night before. So we go to a training camp in Manchester and they basically say, you can go to the pool, to the hotel and back to the pool. And that is your life for the next three, four weeks leading into the Olympics and you're not allowed out to you know go shopping or do like anything social like this is our training camp it's real serious and it's a bit of a wig out it's like i'm trying to be this normal person not thinking about the fact i've got the biggest race of my life coming up but you're just like anyway a couple of the older boys sit down a couple of us younger boys and go oh listen this is the go in starting back in like the Sydney Olympics or something like this, the boys on the swim team, particularly the men's four by 100 freestyle relay have bonded by having a night on the still knocks. And I'm like, what on earth is still knocks? Never heard of this in my life. They're like, mate, you take a couple of still knocks, you stay awake and things get weird. <laughs> and I'm like, and, this and is how it's done, mate. Yeah. And, and the, the reason being that it's still knocks is no hangover, no effect on training, play on the next day, go to training, swim, and nobody knows any different. So I'm like, this is my, this is only my second year on the team. And I'm like, oh, the older guys are accepting me in here. Like, they've asked me to come and do still knocks with them. Like, <laughs> it's such a, it's such a funny like. This is like <laughs> they've asked me to come and do still knocks. <laughs> yeah, us. yeah. So I'm like, starry eyed. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. Like, I'm one of the boys. Even though I was like the poster boy of the whole team, you still, it's just part of being a young guy, right? You're yeah. always searching for acceptance mm. and trying to belong. And I'm like, oh, this is my moment. Like, mm. I belong in the team now because the older boys have asked me yeah. to come and take still knocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go, we go, and they lock us in this room, and we take still knocks, and it gets a bit weird, but not that weird. Like a bit of wrestling, a um, few prank calls. It could have got boy way stuff. worse. Yeah, and this, boy, this boy is a story shit. that's never actually got out there, but it's pretty funny. So, I'll give you the exclusive. It could have got way worse. So we're in, uh, we're in one of the other boys' rooms and one of the boys goes, Oi, let's go out. Let's go clubbing. Oh. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. So we, the guy whose room we're in, we go through his luggage and we get like fully dressed up and we're like, yeah, we're going clubbing. And then at one point someone goes, no, 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 that's a bad idea. And then f- everyone must have forgotten about it. I woke up the next day in, the, in that other guy's clothes. So we were ready to go. <laughs> oh. If we hit the nightclubs in Manchester, full to the brim on Still on Knocks, still knocks. So then it could have got like, oh, real heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. So in the grand scheme of things, you think about it. It was six, six guys 
locked in a room. Uh, I was in bed that night by, uh, I assume, around midnight. Woke up the next day, trained, and I was like, yep, that was mad. I'm one of the boys now. They've basically initiated me mm. into the team. Probably so never a, a beat-up. Yeah, never hear about it again, right? So I get back to Australia after the Olympics, and I'm getting pumped for not winning gold. Like, absolutely pumped. I'm like, whoa, this is hectic. It's you have a to, point like, stay where, inside your house. Yeah, there was going. a point there where I was feeling, like, really self-conscious, and I was like, I don't feel very comfortable going outside because, um, like, I know people are judging me, and it was just on all, like, the sketchy, like, shows and stuff, like a current affair doing stories, and just, like, oh, you know, I remember Jesus 60 Minutes Christ. did a story saying, like, you know, the pin-up boy who gets all the stuff and sponsors, and I, had, I did. I had a lot of sponsors and stuff at the time. So the rhetoric started being, like, um, you know, Magnuson gets all this money and doesn't win gold, and then they started going, our Paralympians win five oh, gold, but so Magnuson gets all the money. The disabled people's hands. Just a, whatever story they could Jeez. make. I remember they did like a Gruen transfer. Oh, imagine sponsoring like Magnuson and spending all that money. Like, just every everyone was taking pot shots because yeah. it was the easy shot to take yeah. at the time, right? Jeez, it got grubby. It got grubby, and I was and I was quite uh, self conscious about like how could you not be. You know how 20-year-old guys are still trying to figure out who they are? And I'm like, whoa, I'm having this really public kind of, um, not uh, downfall, but backlash. Mm. It was pretty heavy. And that, I, saw, I remember going home for Christmas back up to Port Macquarie and I was like, things are starting to simmer. Like people are starting to chill out and people are like stopping. Like people, were, if, if I went to a nightclub or a bar or something, forget about it. Like I was cooked. I was just getting hassled so badly. Really? What were people saying? Just basically like, I don't know, you suck or you're a loser or people trying to fight me. Um, Lord. Just, it was getting like real That's bad. so intense, bro. So intense, yeah. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know, and I found it really hard, like people coming up and trying to fight me in clubs and stuff. And I found it really hard to just walk away or like that wasn't really how I'd been taught to to handle yourself like yeah I'm, i was taught not to back down to a challenge type thing and then mm. i've got guys full to the brim coming up to me in nightclubs half my size telling me what they thought and saying they're going to smash me and stuff i was like whoa it's like this yeah yeah so much to handle anyway i go home for christmas and i'm like yeah i've like sailed the course i've roughed it out and i'm good mm. and then i go to this training camp in caloundra and uh at the time me and the other boys in the squad were pretty into PlayStation. We were playing Call of Duty Black Ops at the time mm. online, training yeah. in the morning, pumping cod, training at night. We trained that morning, we're pumping cod, and my manager rings me and he's like, mate, I don't, know what's, I don't know what it is, but there's a massive story about to break about you. Can you tell me what you've done? And I'm like, what? There's a massive story. He's like, mate, I don't know what it is. I've just had a tip off from a journalist. This is going to be the biggest news story in the country. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. And, and he's like, what have you done? And I'm like, shit. And I'm like thinking out back over my nights out. I'm like, I, I was like, I do not know. Like I cannot pinpoint it. And he's like, mate, I'm warning you now. Like saddle up. Something big is coming. <laughs> oh and I'm God. like, oh shit. And I'm up in Caloundra. So I'm away from my support network. Like my manager's back here. Got no family or anything with me. And uh, we go and train that afternoon. 
And as we're swimming, all these massive vans start pulling up outside the pool with the massive towers on them that shows live broadcast. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, and what? you still Have don't you even know. I don't know that it's a still knock scene because in my head it's nothing. Yeah. Like I've kind of put that to the side the next day and never thought about it again. Mm. And I, I, I don't know what it is. And uh, by the time we finish training, they've obviously come from Brisbane, Gold Coast, everywhere up to the Sunshine Coast. There's just media everywhere just standing outside the pool. And I remember my coach like hustling me through this scrum of media to get to the car, like those feral reporters that chase you along to the car, like sticking yeah, yeah, the mic yeah, in your yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah. And they start saying like still knocks, like, you know, you disrupted the team. Did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm like trying to like kind of understand what's happening. But at the same time, like, get the hell out of there. Yeah. And uh, we drive back to the hotel and my manager rings me. He's like, mate, you're going to have to come back to Sydney. Like, we've got we to gotta deal with this. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you got to tell me everything. Like, what did you guys do? Like, they're saying, basically, you disrupted the whole Australian swim team, um, all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't. And then they're going, you're out drinking on still knocks, Red Bull, didn't care about your results, partying before oh, the Olympics. God. Jesus I'm like, Christ. man, this is not what happened at all. And does then, that uh, do your head in where you're like, oh, this it does just my head in to this, like, to this day, like when someone asks about it, because in their head, they've like, they're, this was this hectic thing that the boys got up to. And they I'd think it must any, be this yeah. big, crazy story. And it's pretty boring, really. Yeah. And, uh, and so again, no one else in the swim team didn't have anything to do with anyone else in the swim nah, team? No, like a couple of prank calls right, prank, to rooms yeah, yeah, right. at like 9pm. Okay. this It's considerably more boring than I thought. I thought it was the night before the event. I know. There's so many different stories. and uh, It's two weeks out from the goddamn Three. Olympic. Three weeks yeah. out. Yeah. And the, the way it panned out was, again, because I was the name at the time, they're like, boom, Magnuson did it. And I sat through, like, they put us out in a press conference. Like, they, I don't know if you remember it. They sat us up, all six of us, live on this press conference mm. and broadcast it live on TV where the media just went nuts asking us, like, all this stuff. And they were actually calling that. This was pre-Stephen Dank. They were saying this is the darkest day in Australian sport. And I was like, The darkest the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, because it's still knocks, it's a prescription drug, people start saying, like, drug cheat, stuff like that. It just got oh, real weird. God. And the hardest thing is, like, so I sat there quiet through all of it, right, and just mm. took my medicine. At any given point, I could have come out and said, yeah, the older boys on the team, like, gave me – I'd never heard of still knocks before, but I was like, that's not how I've been raised. I was like, I've got to cop this. Yeah. And because I was the Don't name, because I was the name, they sent it in on me. And the older guys who suggested it, who gave us the stuff, sat there quietly as I just got like pumped in this really? press conference. And Do you I resent was, them for that? At the time, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't until uh, some stuff happened on the swim team later on, and younger boys on the team were getting in a bit of trouble and stuff. And I was like, as, as one of the older guys on the team, you you not a mentor but you're like hey boys like this is how you can cope with it this is what you can do and i looked i looked back on that moment for earlier in my career and i was like poor like some of those guys i thought they were my mates they kind of left me uh, to hang to, to hang out and dry there dogged mm. you. and so that was a bit um that was a bit rough but the the hardest thing right is 
going like seeing your, your grandparents or something after that and they're like oh we read this article in the paper that you're a drug cheat or you've been abusing drugs or something like that and you're like oh like couldn't be any further from the truth yeah. that's not who i am or what i'm about but how do you explain that to your grandparents and you just feel like mm. kind of like you've let people down mm. that was the main feeling i was like oh i really feel like i've let my family down by having done this but now i look back on in the grand scheme of things i'm like that was nothing like why do i feel like why did i feel ashamed of that at the time that's nothing mm. i was just trying to fit in and be one of the boys so it's literally nothing like it's nothing. such a non-event yeah it's yeah. such a non-event yeah, yeah, and yeah. what's frustrating is that surely part of you believes this too that the journo's writing all those articles and like you know smashing into the earth at at you know at, at the fundamental level they probably go well this, there's nothing to this oh yeah of course that, what is that yeah that yeah, yeah, yeah but we've got to make this something to, to and then, oh still not yeah, whatever yeah. like i got up to far worse last night but yeah and for whatever reason we hold swimmers to a different standard like if that's rugby league like who cares we don't <laughs> write about it like hold my beer yeah but swimming they're like all right these guys are role models mm. like these guys are held to a different standard so they they, they go real hard but um oh the thing the heart the other thing was like i lost a bunch of sponsors and stuff so financially it cost me a lot of money but i was talking to a mate about the other day and i'm like you can't tell me the sales of still didn't go through the roof off the back of that. Well, that was the first time I'd heard about the fact that if you did it... Really? See? it would sort of work. I still haven't given it a go, but I'm, Sebo did. Sebo, I was at his house and he thought the room was filled with snakes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I should give this a go. Maybe we get it on. Yeah. Well, bit Maybe we do a live stream on Stillnocks. That's yeah. what it is. It's Quailudi. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the only reason it was banned <laughs> was remember Hacky went walking through the casino in his underpants or something, yes. looking for his kids. Yes. Yep. And he was like, oh, I'm addicted to Stillnox. So they were like, oh, well, Stillnox could be addictive, so we'll ban it from the swim team off the back of that. Right. It's not that it's performance enhancing, that it's like no, none of that. Up no. until then, most swimmers had used Stillnox because we race heat semis, finals. You've got to sleep between them. You've got to sleep in the day. Like if you're not getting sleep during the week, it's like super hard to get through the week and race fast. So you've got to have something like Stillnox to sleep at night. You, you race at like 9 p.m. at night. You caffeine up. You're off your head after you race. You're all up. Mm. Then you're like, I've got to sleep because I've got to heat the next morning. So you've got to take something like Stillnox. So swimmers had always used Stillnox, not just for like the recreational purposes. So it's not really a sketchy drug at all. Like, you know, there'd be old ladies in nursing homes that take Stillnox every night to yeah. get to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not this, like, crazy drug that, no. like... And it doesn't make you feel groggy the next day? No. Well, Sounds perfect. I probably can count on one hand the number of times I've had it. Um, and I've never had any, like, adverse effects. And that was the whole thing on the team. The boys are like, if you have Stillnox, not it's alcohol, we can have, like, a release in this you know, lead up to the Olympics where we're in a hotel room all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not going to screw our performance up. So you said earlier, like, you get caffeine, like, you know, you're all caffeined up after a race. Do you take caffeine before you race? Yeah, yeah. So we, so say we were racing at, like, it's often, like, 9 or 10 p.m. at night. You'd have, like, 300 milligrams of caffeine before you race. So the, I think that's, like, three cups of coffee, I guess. Like, yeah. we'd have pre-workout late at night. And then you'd race and you just like reel up and you know when you're swimming at that time of night super bright lights big crowd everything's just amping you are you anxious when you're on the blocks or are you calm 
Uh, it differs. It differs. Like sometimes anxious, sometimes like more focused than others. It just depends. Um, swimming is just really, you know how in football they always say like, oh, I wasn't feeling it or whatever. Like, I don't really think that's ex- an excuse, but you never know how your body is going to be like on the day. Like mm. you prepare for four years and you're like, I have to be perfect mm. on this day. And then sometimes you get to that day and you're like, oh, I'm not, not feeling, feeling like a hundred percent today. And that's like the, that's like hard to get your head around. Even like you're on the blocks or like you just something went wrong in the preparation or you got a niggling injury or something. And you're like, Oh, like okay. not feeling like your, your knuckles are bleeding. You haven't been able to get your Johnson into the pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just assume, right. When you see those guys step on the blocks at the Olympics, you're like, they must be feeling perfect. Mm. But and and you assume like all your preparation stuff, even a world champs or com games, you're like everything prepares you for that one race a year or every couple of years to be feeling perfect when you step up on that block. But sometimes you step up on that block and just go, ooh, like this isn't. I'm not. I'm not sub. Optimal. I'm not loving this. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's still it's part of the job, and and you get it done. But um, so that's when you feel a little bit anxious. Sometimes you're like, I don't feel. 100%. Like, maybe I'm not fully in control of my domain right now. Jeez. How were you when you got to the next Olympics? Like, how far behind you was the 2012 shit show, the Steel Knock stuff? Yeah. Like, were you? did you feel like a new swimmer, new man, or did you still sort of carry the uh, past a bit? Hard one. So I went on this hectic run after London where I went like three years without getting beaten, basically. Because you won the world champs. Won the world champs, won the commies, was just like winning everything, swimming crazy times. And I was like, this is not my redemption story. I don't really like that word, but I was like, I'm going to right a couple of wrongs here at this next Olympics. I'm just going boom, 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 ticking off everything. And for that first year after the Olympics, I used, uh, I don't know, like the circle the wagons mentality, like it's us against the world type thing. And that worked. Des Hasler uses that all the time. Des Hasler uses it. It worked. It probably worked for like a year leading into that world champs. And then I win the world champs. I'm like, yep, back where I'm supposed to be. Is that a big fuck you to everyone? A bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit, a bit. And it was just, but I also needed to reconfirm in my own head, like that I was the best. Like, I started to question after London. I was like, ooh, like, am I the best or did I falter there? Like, did something... In Looking back on it now, the race that I did in London was still a really good race and it would have won any other Olympics up until then. It would have even won the Olympics after that. But just on that day, there was someone better. And it is what it is, right? Mm. What can you do? But at the time, I started thinking like, ooh, did I falter there? Or like, you know, am I not the best? And then, so when I won that World Champs, I was like, yep, right reconfirmed in my head i'm the best no all good we're back on track on track and then just kept winning everything and then um about a year out from the from the olympics maybe a bit under um my shoulder just starts like going all like screwy and i'm like are you the best in the world at this point yeah, yeah best in the world um and haven't been beaten in like three years so everyone's like 
He's that on must, track. That must be a feeling being undefeated for three. It's years. a feeling, yeah. People were starting to say like white caviar and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, the white yeah. caviar, dude. That's a that's a nickname, dude. That, that's some that's always been in that's the missile. I've had white caviar. Yeah, I've had a lot of nicknames oh, over the dude, years. I guess I it, swimming that. just lends itself to nicknames. Yeah. Right? Are you the world? Rec- forget the super suit era, which doesn't count, obviously. Are you the still, like, the world's best time at this point? At that point, yeah, yeah. What is that feeling like to know that you are literally the quickest oh. swimmer of all time? It's a wig out. It's like the, the best wig out. ever. Yeah, yeah. So I always tell this story to kids when I do, like, clinics and stuff with kids. So when I was 16, I won the Australian Champs for the first time as a 16-year-old from Port Macquarie. And I went to Wet and Wild with my mum and dad after. Nice. <laughs> and uh, we're at Wet and Wild and I go, Dad, Mum, how crazy is this? There's no 16-year-old kid here at Wet and Wild today that could beat me in a swimming race. Like wherever we go in Australia, there's no 16-year-old boy that could beat me in a swimming race. And dad's like, mate, that's unbelievable. Like you've done so well. Yeah. And then I remember standing on the block, on the dais at the World Champs, having just won the world title. And like, I just had full flashback to this. I couldn't even picture it sitting in the car at Wet and Wild with mum and dad. And it's like, there's nobody in the world that could beat me in a swimming race. And to the point of, there's no one in history that could ever have beaten me in a swimming race. That's and so it's like, bold. Poor, <laughs> like, it's such a wig out, hey? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't change as a person. You still feel like the kid from Port Macquarie that nobody knows. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like nobody in the world in history could have beat me in a swimming race. And it's just, and that's the nature of the event, right? When you do sprint freestyle, you're the fastest swimmer. And it, it, it's a complete, like complete and utter wig out. And I still can't get my head around it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you said to me, what's the proudest moment of your career? It would be that at one point I was the fastest swimmer. To have history. ever lived human To have history. ever lived in human history. That is weird, hey. That sounds weird even now. It's like an outer body, like, what the, yeah. Were your parents, like, I mean, you know, not pushing it, but they, you know, like, to be really good, usually kids have parents who are like, train, train, train. What was it like? Nah, not at all. And I think that was one of my biggest benefits. Um, So the Port Macquarie swimming pool closed in April and opened again, I think, about September, October, like all country pools. Yep. Too cold in winter, didn't want to pay for heating. So I'd swim in that summer, in the summer months and then play rugby league in the winter months and uh, no pressure ever. Like mum used to say, um, you wake up and, you know, have your breakfast or whatever at 4.30 and come and wake me up and then I'll drive you to the pool. And if you don't wake up, then we don't train. And um, I reckon, you know, across five, six years of training at that level in Port Macquarie, I could count on one hand the number of times I missed training. I just, I wanted to do it. Um, I actually never thought I could be a professional swimmer, really. Just, Why were you training so hard then? It just became um, part of what I did. It was just routine. You know, I get up, I, I get up at 4.30, I go and train, I do my thing. Um, I, I did enjoy it. Like, it sounds weird, but and it, it wasn't so much the, the training that I enjoyed, but I enjoyed the, the race. Um, Remember when you do a, a swim race as a, as a kid at the school carnival and you get up on the blocks, even if you're the shittest swimmer in the school, you get those nerves. You're like, I went to state. You when I was said young. that you, you went had to state. A, you no, no, you no. talk about your distinct lack of buoyancy. No, no, no. And you we, went to state. Because we when, when, when you're a kid, everyone's the same, right? 
It's when you get older that buoyancy. So, because Eddie, Eddie's, is it his family, the Simpson family? They had the men. In the, the men family. have no. No, I used to be like, like a, I used to be an incredible breaststroker. Well, so then when did you become the man with no buoyancy? When when you go through puberty, buoyancy was lost. Oh. <laughs> It's the pubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I went like, I was like, you sw- got dense. I was yeah, swimming yeah, champion and shit at our school. You I keep can tell that you. shit quiet when yeah, you're saying yeah, yeah. you fucking. Sun Yang still floated and he was funny. cubed up. <laughs> it's not as funny. You got to lean into yeah, the Yeah, they, okay. they do say that. You know what you should have done? So they do do float tests for swimmers. And if you float, you're a distance swimmer. If you sink, you're a sprinter. Because you got that, you got that high muscle density. density. What if you're literally like below the waterline and. Yeah. You could be mistaken for a rock. <laughs> You're probably a runner. Driftwood. Probably a runner. There we <laughs> go. Probably a runner. A Track cyclist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Track cyclist. Oh, no, I just wanted to know about with training, right? Because, like, yeah. swimming, you just sort of, like... It's not like I want to know your schedule, but it's so much time just by yourself sort underwater of do want to know looking it, at a black line. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. seems like it's quite a solitary pursuit in that sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. You, you know what you get addicted to? It's the feeling in the water um, and I didn't realise it until we did the lockdown recently and uh, I, I was living in Dremoyne so I was, didn't have any pools or anything within 5k or the ocean so when we did that stupid ass 5k radius thing mm. yeah, yeah, I couldn't swim for like what were we like three four months yeah, yeah. it was a while yeah and I've since I've moved now to North Bondi because I was like I have to be near the water at all costs because that was really etched for my mental state so you still swim all the time I still swim if if not like laps, get in the water, feel the water. But when you're swimming well, and and uh, when you're swimming like you as one with the water, you'd say whatever. That the feeling of that is like addictive. Like when you're in that zone and you're flowing, I imagine it's what it feels like for a runner, like a really good runner when they got that cadence. We call that in runners the running high. Game. Cadence. Runners high. Yeah, yeah, when they got that cadence and time, just like elapses, everything flows. Yeah. And Speaking it's a, to a couple of runners. It's a really amazing one feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Uh, it's uh, for you to decide. <laughs> um, that's, I reckon that's what you get addicted to, um, along with the racing. So like I said, yeah. when you're a kid and you get those nerves on the blocks before you do a race, mm. it's different to other sports. I don't know why. You know when you play footy, you get nervous. But when you're at the start of the race, right, waiting for that gun to go off, it's like a different... Nerves. Yeah, well, I guess like with footy as well, once it starts, like you the nerves just it. disappear. Yeah. It's just sort of all there and it sort of goes. Yeah. Like you're not nervous for kickoff of the second half. No. You know what I mean? But like with, I mean, I remember my swimming days, Eddie, and now that I know you were a fucking state champion or whatever. I <laughs> Who would be better now? I'd, bro, we did, so we did training with uh, Bronte Blue. He's not an ad, but check him out on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, he trains us and he's helping us for the marathon. Yeah. And as punishment, because I ate pizza six days in a row, he made us swim. You know Clavelli? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to swim like halfway out to the center of Clavelli and back, and it was sort of choppy. And I almost thought from he was dead. From the beach or from the? From the, no, no, from just like from the wall. It was like oh, 15 that's not very far. That's not that far, dude. No. It's not that far. <laughs> no, it's a far. And we had to jump in and swim out and back six times. Yeah. And I had to like constantly look back to check that Eddie was still with us because oh, he was yeah, like... Because yeah. there, there, there was a chance was I'd slip below the fucking... Yeah, but yeah, like... there was swell. There was, there it was, was fine, swell. dude. It was fine. There was swell for this country boy. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much swell for me, <laughs> he bro. He was struggling All so All freestyle bad. or did you resort he, to breaststroke? Within half a lap. Dude, I go back to what I was good at, breaststroke. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 
we um in the swimming so world funny. we call breaststrokers people that hang around swimmers <laughs> yeah that's is that, so it's, that's exactly is, what he is, is. is it, it's frowned upon they're um they're like the magoos of the swimming world <laughs> yeah. yeah i believe that it's a weird stroke to do dude do yeah it's not cool looking well, let's say you break the world re- record for breaststroke like what's your thing then? Like I was the fastest to to, to doggy frog, paddle. Yeah, ever. frog swim through. Yeah, water. it's yeah. it's it's not Shout it's not Zach too Stubbity far. Up. Cook. It's the only probably the only weirder things doing backstroke, right? Like what other sport do you swim backwards? Yeah, exactly. Looking at the yeah. ceiling, no sprinting backwards. I, yeah. Look, if you're looking at a couple of Olympic events, I think breaststroke and yeah. backstroke are on the chopping block. Yeah, yeah in yeah, a big, big way. So. In a big way, probably medley to, as well. Medley's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not really good at any of the strokes. Whack them all together, I'm all right. It's just an. It was just an excuse for Phelps to win more gold. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In what? Did he win in backstroke? He won the medley. No, he went in oh, medley. Sorry, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, 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 he won medley. What's? Tell me the thinking behind getting up as early as possible to train for swimming. Like, surely you can get to the pool at seven thirty. Yeah. I know. Why do you have to get there at three thirty four? Yeah, it's dumb. I think it's all about like um, commitment, dedication. All those kind of like swimming's old school, real old school. Right. Like you see the rugby league coaches that are old school, like your, I don't know, your Wayne Bez- Bennett's, I guess a bit like your Des Hasler's, they're like ingrained in swimming. Like that's right. the norm in swimming. Like we've got to be old school. Um, I was telling this story today actually with, with Fossey and Radio. So there's this story about Laurie Lawrence. You remember the Kids Alive do the, oh, yeah, do yeah, the yeah, five, yeah. five, yeah. Laurie Lawrence. So he was a, he's coached Duncan Armstrong back in the day when he won that 200 freestyle at the Olympics. This is real swimming history shit. Yes. And uh, Laurie Lawrence is, is coaching this group of swimmers. And one of the guys goes, I'm done. Like, I'm in too much pain. I couldn't possibly continue. Like, this is just too painful. Laurie Lawrence walks over to a brick wall and rubs his knuckles up and down the brick wall until they're bleeding and comes back and goes, that's what pain looks like. Now keep swimming. That's Laurie Lawrence. Laurie Lawrence. Jeez, he's a little bit darker than the Kids Alive Do the Five version. <laughs> That's... Oh like, my. Lucky he didn't do that, the Kids Alive Do the Five, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, probably wouldn't have resonated with the toddlers. No, no way, <laughs> bro. But yeah, is swimming, swimming is old school. Like, they expect you to be... Uh, like, regimented, like, hardcore, up early, like, super dedicated to the sport. And uh, look, after swimming, you're like, you try and assimilate into the real world and you're like, oh shit, like people aren't that um, zoned in in general life. But as a swimmer, you're like, like so much tunnel vision. You yeah. don't know what the world's about. Does that, is that a, well, we can get back to, to Rare, but like, is that a weird transition then when you did retire? To yeah, try and be so like- transitioning was really tough um, from swimming. Um, I think swimming, and again, it was probably a product of my career and, and stuff, but I had like, I was surrounded by people when I swam that was like, when you retire, we'll do this for you, we'll do that. You'll get a job here, you'll be the face of this, face of that. And then I retired and uh, you have a bit of downtime, like a couple of months or whatever. And then I'm like, all right, like, let's, let's do some of this stuff. And people are like, oh, well, oh, well, no, like that wasn't actually a thing. Like, People disappear uh, and you're okay. like, oh, so you just wanted me to come to like your events and your dinners and meet your mates and you didn't actually have any opportunities. Mm. Um, yeah, tire kickers. Yeah, yeah. And you, uh, I think you get a lot of that in individual sports and you don't have a club there to support you. Mm. There is no, you know, head of well-being at the football club who sort of 
eases you into retirement or gives you opportunities for further work or study. It's just like, boom, all right, today I don't have to get up at 4.30. What does the rest of my life look like? And it's oh, like yeah. pretty jarring. Yeah. Well, so yeah. what do you do then after that initial period where people have all dogged you? <laughs> yeah, mine was weird. Like I was, I, I, I hit up a lot of these people and they all went missing to the point where I actually did a six-week internship at a company who said they were going to have this opportunity for me. They're like, yep, come in, do this six-week internship. We'll have a job for you at the end of it. The internship's unpaid, but, you know, come in, get used to coming into the city, wearing a suit, doing your thing. Mm. I was like, yep, yep, sweet. Like, I might, I could I could do a corporate job. But, you know, how hard mm. could that be? Mr. Wong's every... So, yeah, there's a few Mr. Wong's. So I suit up every day. And uh, they roll me out at a couple of lunches, like, you know, oh, we got the missile here. Can you just, bit of a motivational chat yeah. at lunch for the staff. Yeah, all right. Oh, we got this big deal we're doing. We'll bring you along to it. Just sit in on it. Don't need to say anything. Just sit in. <laughs> and so they'll roll me out. Can you wear your out. fucking swim cap? Yeah. You wearing, <laughs> you wear your, would you wear your, do you have your medals on? <laughs> they'll just rolling me out at a few things. And then I was like, I wasn't. I wasn't loving it, but I was working away pretty hard at it and trying to assimilate into the workplace and just be normal. And I was like, yep, mm. yep, I'll do, I'll do an office job. I just in thought good that's, faith, just having I a crap. I just thought that's what I had to do. I had this stupid thing in my mind where I was like, I can't be the swimmer anymore. I have to be like this corporate guy and just fit in and be normal. Yeah. And it gets to the end of six weeks. They're like, mate, thanks so much for that. Like, uh, sorry, no, no job opportunity, but really appreciated having you. Like if you want to come back into the office and use this as a bit of a like landing place for other opportunities, feel free. Oh my and God. I was yeah, just, like, just hang out. What so we the fuck? fuck? You want me to suit up and come into the city and sit in your goddamn office <laughs> just so people can look at me or some shit? Like what are we talking? Like that's... Dude, that would have been so sad if you did that. Oh man. And I sat there and, uh, and I noticed a couple of times in, in my time there, like, a couple of the higher ups had a, just a little bit of like a few little pot shots and stuff around stuff like, oh, you're not at the swimming pool now. A couple of little oh, like, tall poppy things. Right. And I, I was saying to my girlfriend at the time, I was like, ah, this corporate thing. I was like, I don't know about it. Like I'm working pretty hard. I'm doing my best, but I just, I don't know about this mm. whole corporate thing. I don't know if this is my go. And so uh, I pretty much got over that. And, and at the end of that opportunity, I was like, right, nothing's going to be put on a plate for me. People can say what they want to say and I'm not going to one more lunch, one more event, one, like I'm none of that bullshit anymore because yeah. that's what it is. It's all bullshit. Mm. People have promised you the world and no one's delivering. I was like, I've got to go out there and make my own way. And from there I, I went out and, uh, and, and did my own thing. So what did you do? So what? now I've got my own gym. Yep. Um, I, I just opened. I own a gym equipment company that supplies the commercial gyms and home gyms, which went crazy during COVID because obviously everyone wanted a home gym. Yeah. Um, I run swim clinics. Did you start, sorry, did you start that before COVID and then COVID Just hit, before the like, first COVID. Yeah, yeah. Lucky. So right what at the very start. Great timing. Time timing. Yeah, it was good timing. It was good timing. And like I was learning about business on the fly a bit. It's, until you've started your own business, you don't really know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. So that was interesting. Then I run swim clinics for swim clubs, um, particularly in country areas. Um, on weekends, I feel pretty passionate about giving back to the country and um, kind of teaching them things that... Uh, bush swimmers. Bush love swimmers. Bush swimmers. Yeah, I love bush swimmers. Give me out to Dubbo, mate. Haven't been to Dubbo, but I've been to there. like um, Forbes, um, Bathurst, Cowra. Barrel. Barrel pool? Yeah, Barrel pool. Pool. Barrel. Pool. 
I used to do water polo. In I the went to Frensham. At oh yeah, there you go. That's my sister went to Frensham. Yeah. Good pool out there. That was a good, good pool. pool. Yeah, good pool. It was crazy. They had like these beautiful grounds, massive school, and they said they only had like 300 students or yeah, something. Yeah, not it's many. Real small. Yeah. It's one of the 300 total? Yeah, yeah. He's Might have even heap. been lefts. It was one of the nicest school, massive grounds, tennis courts, hockey fields. And I went on the Saturday morning and there's girls playing sports and netball courts. So I'm like, oh, this is the bee's knees. Yeah. And the swim coach was like, yeah, it's surprising. There's only 300 students, hey. One of the dude, like, dude in like a couple of years below me at school, Frenchman, just got like a state-of-the-art hockey field. Like one of those ones that was like AstroTurf or I think in like really good like drainage on it and shit. And he went and lit a tennis ball on fire and fucking smacked it into the middle of the thing and ruined the entire field. Uh, I just remember that. I didn't like, he wasn't a mate. I just remember being like, oh, <laughs> that kid set the French hockey field on fire. Yeah. Shout just out to want that to see guy. the world burn. Yeah, sounds a bit sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. So basically just like did all that stuff myself. I was like, do your own thing. Like, um, so doing that. And I'm working at the moment on um, a couple of learn to swim schools, like bricks and mortar learn to swim schools. And do the SEN stuff, um, write for News Corp. Um, yeah, swimming related. Behind enemy lines. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Gone in there. Yeah. Commies so, was really interesting. Like I had to like I was getting asked to yeah, write some articles about about some of the stuff that was going on, obviously. I wanted so, to know about this. Yeah. Love triangles. Well, given what you went through, how did you approach the love triangle fiasco? Yeah, so I was speaking to Kyle all the way through. Is he a friend of yours or just Yeah, a, yeah. A, I mean, fellow swimmer. We're not super. We're not super close, but I'd say he's a friend. And also, knowing what I've been through, like I'd like to kind of help out where I can and just give a little bit of uh, a pep up where mm. possible. If particularly in that case where he was going through a tough time, but I was in like this weird position where I was supposed to be writing about Cody and Kyle and Emma, and I'm only a couple of years. Well, I'm four years retired now, but I also know them personally. And I also know what's going on and like, it's, yeah, weird. Swimming always has, and you know, rightly or wrongly, or it always has some pretty juicy fucking love triangles. Like there's been love triangles in the past. Is there yeah. Not? There's been, well, there's been breakups. And Steph, Steph and Eamon. Yeah, um, Steph and Eamon. There was um, uh, Emily Seabom and Mitch Larkin and Mitch. they were on like Better Homes and Gardens or something. Yes. He, he played up on her or something yeah. like that. That's right. There's always that some juicy messy. stuff. But and then, but like you add this one, like it or not, was the most juicy because you have one. Cody fucking Walker. Simpson. 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 Jesus. <laughs> Every time. Over here, buddy. Yeah. Cody Simpson into it. You know what I mean? You, yeah, add, yeah, you yeah. add, you know, a bit of that Bieber well, fever you, in you there. You put some yeah. Bieber fever in there, some some Bieber, Bieber, Bieber. I mean, that's a song, but like. It's next level. Yeah. You put that shit in there. Well, what it does is, so I, I had to write about it from a sports perspective, but you throw in a Cody Simpson and suddenly you got the gossip journos. Yeah. Like right it's got some daily mail. It. It's, got, it's got some daily mail. It's got some BuzzFeed or, you know, yeah. those yeah. who will grab a headline at whatever cost. So Plenty um, of tabloid about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know what? And, and swimming australia will realize this in hindsight and, and the swimmers involved will realize this in hindsight it's all positive for swimming it's good for business it's all good for business and that was what i was trying to write like regardless of what you think about this and and it's something i said to kyle as well like let's say cody simpson brings an extra worldwide million people million eyeballs to it 
that's a million people who before that didn't didn't have any idea who Kyle Chalmers was. Mm. Mm. They they'd never heard of him. Now whether they love him, hate him, indifferent, don't care, they know when they hear the name Kyle Chalmers, they're like, oh yeah, that's that swimmer. Mm. So regardless of how it felt at the time, and and it always feels like a storm at the time, and you, you know it's all consuming. But when you sit back and look at the bigger picture. It's actually a positive because there's now another million people out there who know who Kyle Chalmers is. And he went on to win his race. So they're like, oh, Kyle Chalmers is a mad dog. He's, mm. He's the real 100 deal. freestyle champion. Yeah. yeah. What did you is, – is this just – does it sort of give you a bit of PTSD? Like is it just a media beat up and you sort oh, of see similarities between this time and last time? Or do you, is there a bit yeah, more to it? a little bit. I think maybe people like journos have – called it on swimming a little bit since then like it's probably it's sad like i don't think swimming gets the headlines it it does anymore right like mm. which was probably fair yeah yeah a good and a bad thing at the time like in some ways i was probably like last of an era like i was the back end of thorpey hackett you know susie o'neill susie even steph rice was still around when i first came Liesel. through Liesel. Lizzle Jones. Libby. Mm. Libby Trickett. Yeah. Yeah, Libby. Libby was a big name. Yeah. Mm. Knee Lenton. Knee Lenton. <laughs> yeah, I kind of yeah. remember her more as Libby Lenton. Hey? Yeah. It's got more of a... The, oh, I'm a, oh, I'm a Trickett. I'm a, I'm a, a, trick I'm a, I'm a Lenton. Uh, I'm a Lenton. Uh, look, I, I mean, I'm probably Lenton, but I'm also Trickett. Yeah. And then you've got Yana Pittman, Rawlinson, Pittman. Not a swimmer, but... <laughs> not a swimmer. Not a swimmer, but... <laughs> but Pittman, then Rawlinson, then back, then back to Pittman. Then back to Pittman. Yeah. What yeah. is she now? I think she's Pittman back is, to Pittman. She's Pittman. She was Pittman, Pittman Rawlinson, and then back to Pittman. Yeah. I did um well she was meant to be on the first season of SAS. And I wanted to ask you about she it. She pulled so. up, she pulled out because she got pregnant. Um but I'm I was cool. over there with her for that. She was a, she was in great shape. She, so I wait, could, she was over there about to do it and then was like, Oh, pregnant. Yeah. So oh, so shit. we we're in New Zealand about to start filming and it ends up getting cancelled because of COVID and we get sent home, but basically the day we we are about to start filming uh, it gets cancelled but two days before that they're like all right just we're like sorry about this but we got to we got to do a pregnancy test for all the women uh it's just part of what we have to do it's, it makes and, sense i wouldn't have thought of that and and all and all the women are like neither uh, yeah all the women are like oh come on like you know we're on contraceptive or this that the other like none of them are trying for babies none of the, and and they do the test and yana is pregnant <laughs> She has no idea, wasn't, wasn't trying, like, had wow. no plans. And we're like, whoa. Like, she came and she, because I've known her for a long time through just being on teams and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, um, and I was talking to her before the show. I was like, I reckon you're going to make it to the end. Like, you're going to, I'd seen her and I was like, you're in, like, competing shape. You're a beast. And she's like, yeah, I've worked really hard, blah, blah. She came and saw me before we started filming. And she's like, I'm off. I'm off the show. I was like, What? She's like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh my God, did you know? Did you, were you planning? She's like, nah, nothing. Like, what a spin out. Yeah. Because yeah. she, she came back to later episodes and did pretty well. She, so she had the baby and came back like a year later on the second season, but wasn't in the same shape that she was for the first one because she came back so quick after the baby. Yeah. Oh, right. so she wasn't in this. Oh, so she was in better shape the first time. Oh, she's yeah. in pretty good nick the second nah, time. Nah, nah. Yeah, first but after time a kid, she was going to be a little. You bit know what a you know what a, a clean is in the gym? 
Like yeah. where you, from the floor up to your shoulders. Don't yep. disrespect us, James. Yeah. Know what clean is. So she was cleaning 90 that's the, that's kilos. That's the clean in the clean and jerk. Yeah, yeah, the clean without the jerk. Yeah. Yes. So she was cleaning. That's mistaken for the snatch. <laughs> we couldn't mistake it for the snatch. <laughs> Not to be mistaken. She was cleaning 90 kilos to her shoulders wow. in the gym before he went in. Wow. And that's like a solid weight for anybody. Yeah. Um, and I was like, because I'd seen her in her running career. I'd seen her in her bobsled career. Remember she did yeah. bobsled? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. So she was training at N-Swiss for that as well. So I'd seen her throughout these stages of her career. And I was like, you are in like shape. Come back, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you're going all the way. And she was like, look, yeah, I've trained really hard. We'll see how we go. And I was like, no, you're going all the way. And then uh, when she came back the second time post-baby, obviously couldn't do the same training. Yeah. How, yeah. Much, how much time are you given to prepare for it? Uh, before we went to New Zealand, we were given about eight weeks, I want to say. And I was in like pretty good shape before the New Zealand one. And then it gets cancelled. We come back and we're in lockdown. And they're like, we're still, we're going to go ahead with the show. And this was in March. We're going to go ahead with the show. We're going to film it in uh, up near Threadbow mm. in August. And so we get back in March and I'm like, right, we're filming in August. So I just went like nuts training and was in some of the best shape of my life by the time we got to filming it in Threadbow. How how was that experience that show? It looks is it as brutal as it looks? Yeah, it's it's wild. Like um, I lost eleven kilos in fourteen days. Is that how long the whole thing goes? Fourteen days. Shit. It looks it looks longer on TV. Oh mate, it, it looks like I watched. Yeah. The, I didn't months. watch your season. I watched the second one, and it looks like it goes for like a month. Yeah, six weeks even. So you want to watch? Does that make so it easy to get into it? Where you're like, it's only fourteen days. Like, push nah, through. it doesn't because the reason being, like, you get to day three, and you know when you're on holidays, you got, it was always two weeks holidays as a kid because it's in the, and you're on holidays and you're like, oh, you know, four, two weeks holidays it goes so fast. I remember in the in the show, I was like, two weeks. I was like, I'm three days in. 11 days of this bullshit yeah, left right. to go. And like we weren't sleeping, we weren't eating. It was just absolute torture. If you haven't seen the first season, it's worth going back because... Um, is it, was this one you were in? Yeah, the yeah. First season the first, so yeah. the first season, like the, the producers basically said for the second season, they're like, there's a lot of stuff you guys went through that basically doesn't come across on camera. So like we filmed up near Threadbow in August. So it was like minus degrees freezing. temperature. We're yeah. just freezing, shivering the whole time. We're always wet and not oh, sleeping. Fuck that. The last, the last part of the show they did for ours was torture. Um, so they, they tortured, like literally tortured us. Like chained us up in a room by our hands to the ceiling. Fuck put noise cancelling headphones with screaming babies and squealing pigs, scratching down chalkboards and stuff. Blindfolded us. And left us there for eight hours. Oh, eight! Eight hours. And every now and then they'd like rip the blindfold off and there'd be a German shepherd like, rawr, 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 like right in your face. And then you'd be like, and then they'd pull the blindfold down again. And then they'd take it off or something. And these guys would just throw you to the ground and like rough you up heaps bad and then chain you up again. And, uh, oh and they're like, God. they're like, that didn't come across that well on TV. Like we couldn't show some of that stuff. So we're going to... Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. We're going to cut, that, yeah, we're gonna cut that stuff off the future seasons. So when I watched the second season, I was like, mate, no torture. This is <laughs> walking the park. They didn't shame talk. these bastards up. How'd you end up on the show? You almost... almost no, you had like one of the most brutal fucking Yeah, so I got, to, I got to the end. Um, so basically they say to us, and, and the betting markets were the same. It's like get to the end of the show and don't quit. So the only way you get off the show is like, 
take off your number and say I quit. And so I was just like, ah, I'm not going to quit. Like, nothing will make me quit. And as bad as it got, I was like, I know my mates are watching and I'm not quitting in front of these bastards. Like yeah, all they want right. is to see me hand in my number. Mm. And uh, we even, like if we have a bender or something now and someone goes to bed early that we're like, give us your number. <laughs> voluntary <laughs> withdrawal. <laughs> Who's the first one to hand in your number? Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to quit. Whatever. Get to, get to day 14. Last thing, like got this like hectic thing where we're carrying people on our shoulders and stuff, sprint to the top of this hell and the hill and there's a helicopter waiting at the end. I sprint to the top of the hill, first one there. They're like, congratulations, the show is over. Like you've made it to the end. Then I'm like, oh, like biggest relief ever. Like, thank God. Mm. Then they're like, you've made it to the end of the show, but not everyone has been selected. And I was like, what does that mean? Like selected? And they're like, yeah. only three of you have... Uh, past selection for SAS. And who was it with you at that point, the final? Honey Badger, Sabrina, the girl that boxed Honey Badger, and Merrick Watts. So I'm sitting, and, and they're, like, they're like, we make this choice based on who we'd want next to us in the trenches, blah, oh. blah, 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 blah. So I'm going, ah, sweet. I'm home. Like, do you want me or do you want Merrick next to you in the trenches? <laughs> 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 you want me to carry you back to that next trench yeah, or you want Merrick? Yeah. And Merrick's a lovely guy. I love Merrick. I've stayed in contact with him after the show. But I'm thinking him, and Merrick's 47 years old. Yeah. Super impressed that Merrick's got to the end, but he's not excelled. Mm. He's also 47 years old. Mm. Just the fact that he made it, I'm like, whoa. Mm. Like, I thought Merrick would be gone day two. He's a weapon. Anyway, they say what they say, and I'm like, all right. Uh, and, and they go, not, not everyone's past selection. And they go, uh, I think it was maybe Merrick first or something. They're like, you've passed, congratulations, you've passed selection. I was like, oh, fair enough. And then they go to me, they go, number 12, you haven't passed selection. <laughs> and I was like, what? And you know, the only thing was, and, and the show was so real, so hardcore, didn't feed us, didn't sleep, like, tortured us like tortured us i was like this feels like the real selection course like this was so real mm. and then we got to that end bit and i was like oh bullshit yeah like you made it so real and then you stood me there next to merrick and and these other guys and and that's when you turned it into a reality tv show yeah, yeah. like you waited till then like i bought into this so hardcore I like Work i gave you your, was was it was it like uh almost made it like a you know like you're trying to play on the the nearly made yeah, it, nearly I won the know. gold. I don't know. And the funny thing was, so all the betting agencies had done markets on who's going to get to the end. And at the start of the show, I think I was paying six bucks. My mates are like, you're paying six bucks. I'm like, do with that what you will. Knowing that I hadn't been selected, but the market said who will make it to the last episode. And so all my mates load up on me at six bucks and they all get paid out. Because nobody knew that there was like making it. And then finishing And it. getting selected. And the, the, the shittest thing is kind of funny though. And I'm there by the end. I'm like completely empty. I've lost 11 kilos. Haven't slept. Haven't eaten. I'm just like, like, thank God it's over. Like, mm. whatever. I haven't been selected. It wasn't my dream to be an SAS soldier. They're <laughs> like, all right, you three, you've been selected. Let's get in a helicopter and leave the set. And the three of them get <laughs> in a helicopter with the four British dudes. And they're like, poof, 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 poof. and they're leaving in the distance. And I'm left standing <laughs> down the hill on my own. Like, um, <laughs> where's the rest of the production team? What now? <laughs> I remember. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> it was so shit. And I've just done four. 
14 days with these idiots. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's brutal. And then I remember this chick from the team walks out and she goes, she's got a pack of Tim Tams. She's like, would you like a Tim Tam? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, give me a fucking yeah, Tim Tam. <laughs> <laughs> But the best thing was like, and a few people said to me after they're like, "Oh, um, like, well, you shattered. You didn't get to the end or get the prize money or whatever." But the the you're paid per day. So when I got to that last day, I'd already been paid. There was no prize money or anything. So I was like, "Ah, whatever." If there was like a hundred grand on the line, I would have been like, "Boom, this is bullshit." Tracy Grimshaw. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been completely Um, ripped off. But uh, were you not? Did you say anything? Were you like, "Oh, what the fuck"? Well, you know the funny thing. So. the British guys, so basically, they they it, they run it all as one shot. So they're like, sorry, you, you didn't make it, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, we just felt there was... No, they said, oh, we felt like you didn't show enough emotion. And I was like, oh, right. Like, this whole time, I, like, you could have got me to cry on day three if you wanted to. I was putting on the, <laughs> the brave yeah, act. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, surrounded yeah. by SAS soldiers and I think you want to see a hardcore dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not... I'm like, they're torturing me and I'm not flinching. Because I'm assuming yeah. you don't want me to flinch. You want someone who's And then I get to the end and they go, yeah, you didn't show enough emotion. That's a weakness. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever. And my girlfriend like ribbed me about it because she always says I'm not a very emotional guy. Well, and look, she's like, come back to bite you, she's mate. She's like, yeah. you know you're fucked when four SAS soldiers <laughs> say you're not emotional. Two of the hardest dudes on the planet are like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. soften yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the, they shoot that all in one shot. They get in their helicopter. They're gone. And uh, I didn't see those British guys for like another two years. Like That was, was it. That was it. You never saw them again. So they, 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 like, I, I don't know where the fuck they went. They must have gone back to a base camp or something and flown back to England. I get back to these like little huts and stuff and they're feeding me Tim Tams and stuff. They take us to this resort in, um, in Jindabyne, sleep the night and Merrick and I drive back to Sydney. I never saw those British guys for another two years. Nobody said to me like, oh, look, it's just like, this is why we didn't select you or whatever. Uh, it's just, just, like, sitting there being just like, like it. And I didn't see the rest of the cast. So we were mid-COVID at that point. So the rest of the cast, as they got, as they quit, they just went home. So, like, for example, Roxy Jasenko quits two hours into the show. Haven't seen her since. Mm. Like, it's so weird. We yeah. went through this thing together. We went through this, like, monumental thing in our life and just never saw them again. <laughs> and uh, it was so, like, it didn't have That's a reunion. So weird. It was so weird. And then two years later, um, I bumped a couple of the, the, um, the British SAS guys. So they were in Sydney after just having filmed, I think, the Sam Burgess season. And I caught up with them for dinner. And uh, not Ant, the little guy with the beard, mm. not the main guy. He does his own thing. He doesn't let down his guard the whole time. But these other guys... Oh, really? He, he never lets down his... his Bravado uh, of like... Yeah, it's his thing. It's his brand. Whereas the other guys, like, when you're not on camera, you can be like, oh, you like, have a bit of a joke. Yeah. But Ant is like, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on. He's like Hollywood. He's full Hollywood. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a big day? Like, is he? Is it sort of a bit much? It's a bit much. Yeah. yeah. Day one, you're like, yeah, he's on the SAS. Day six, you're like, I want to knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah right. By yeah, day 12, yeah, yeah. you're like, I might just try this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Um, but yeah, so, so they, they never really explained it to me. And then like I caught up with the guys a couple of years later and they're just like, ah, whatever, like is what it is. Like, and I was like, 
Yeah, I yeah. get it, but like, bit shit. Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> like, isn't just what you it did. Is. Leave me on a hill as you flew away. Yeah, and offered me yeah. a fucking. Tim Can you can. imagine that as they pan out and like one lonely beanstalk is standing on this hill, <laughs> like head down, and the helicopter flies out, and Merrick's hanging out of the helicopter, going, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I remember seeing that final episode and being like, "Holy shit, that was brutal!" Like, yeah, I, literally, I remember just like when I was making notes, I was like, "SAS, brutal ending." Like, <laughs> It was yeah. like particularly fucked the way you know, they did that. You know uh, how the British guys explained it to me. So um, they've done multiple seasons in Britain, yeah. in England. And each time they pretty much get everyone bar one person quits. Mm. And they're like, towards the end of this show, they're like, we're ramping this up hardcore and no one's quitting. And they're like, last day we're pumping you guys. We get to the top of the hill and still no one's quit. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you just make it go a bit longer and make Merrick quit or make Sabrina quit like Honey Badger and, Honey Badger and I are still doing our thing Merrick's hanging on by the skin of his teeth like he's yeah. made it but he's like dragging his ass up that last hill and I'm like why wouldn't you just and they're like mate everyone everyone's got a storyline like you all got you all got to the end nobody quit so basically we line you guys up at the end and we go all right you know this and and Basically, like, what's going to be uh, an ending to this show that'll grab some headlines? Yeah. Let's bury by the leaving, missile. By leaving the missile on the mountain. The That's white caviar. We're going to yeah, leave yeah, him on the yeah. fucking top And if they, like, say they leave Merrick, right? Everyone's like, oh, well, he did well. He's 47. Like, he wouldn't probably be in the SAS anyway. So, like, what's your storyline? If you leave the biggest, one of the fittest guys there, and, and then people are like, oof, like... Is that real? Like, is that legit? Like, yeah, there's something going there? on behind cameras. Is Missile actually, a, you know, a lunatic? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Was Merrick giving you shit on the way home? No, nah, Merrick's a legend. Um, he's, like, he, he gives ribbings during the show, but um, he actually was, like, really cool about it. He's like, mate, I'd have you next to me in the trenches. So like, thanks, Merrick. I, thanks, Merrick. I wouldn't have you. <laughs> 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 no, he's a legend. Um, and he, he bought into it so hardcore, and he's kind of, like, full into army stuff like he's gone over to the middle east and done charity stuff for sas and stuff so going into it i knew how like it meant balls deep he was in this army mm. stuff so i was like i hope merrick does well didn't yeah. think he would but hoped he did yeah, it's surprising he got knocked out by mitch johnson in the boxing oh who did, did you he? Fight? Yeah, that's what, who, yeah i fought um eden he was off Love Island, big tan tatted up eden guy. Off he was Love like Island. he was like the bully off the first season of Love Island I think Doesn't he got to the end though. and there was yeah, all these yeah, articles yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he was with, was either with the blonde shit yeah. on, on Love Island? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exactly how a conversation about Love Island goes, where it's like, Eden, with the blonde chick, the chick, like, I have no yeah. fucking... That's it. Did yeah. you beat Eden? It was, yeah, so Eden is a correctional officer. Oh, um, shit. So works at a jail, so does fighting stuff. So it was a real good fight. But he started tiring towards the end, so I felt like I was getting the better at the end and then they stop if they had to go on like they stop it towards the end and i was like oh that was going pretty well but at the start we were like trading blows like both of us were bloodied up like it was a proper fight proper so so how long do you have to fight him for i don't know probably two minutes minute and a half two minutes um, long enough fucking hope it's long enough. enough. and you know what they did before he went out so in the lead up right so um shannon ponton's on the show biggest loser coach the commando or is that the other guy oh, so it used yeah, to be yeah, michelle yeah. and shannon and before we go on the show i meet shannon and uh shannon's he's like coming to a couple of training sessions i'm like yep sweet he's like you done much boxing i was like oh, not really like 
the average amount and he's like well we're gonna have to fight on the show do you want to come over to my house and practice some boxing i'm like yeah all right so i drive up to north curl curl go to shannon's house he whips out some gloves gloves for me gloves for him he's like chuck on the gloves and we'll do a bit of sparring and i'm like here and he's like yeah yeah on the driveway i'm like all right no mouth guards no headgears i'm like all right so what's the go like body shots he's like no no headshots I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> and so me and Shannon on the front driveway of his house in Curl Curl start punching on. <laughs> and as is the case in any time you're boxing, first jab is like, yeah, all right, fill it out. And then he like cracks me in the nose. I'm like, oh, fucking. <laughs> you're right, oh, Shannon. <laughs> so then you start throwing back with a bit of a gusto. And like mothers are walking down the hill with their kids from school walking past his house and me and Shannon Nola standing on a front driveway punching on with each other <laughs> it's like it was full on dude that's so good <laughs> anyway dude. so Shannon, Shannon's teaching me he's like throw straight do this do that this is the technique head movement head movement I'm like yep 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 so we punch on a few times on his driveway and I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling good about I'm going to the show I'm feeling even one day Shannon brings over one of his mates who's a bit bigger and he's like alright you're going to punch on with this guy today because <laughs> on the show they'll probably give you a bigger guy <laughs> I remember the first why time why did he why was he so invested in you uh, fucking so he used to be a, <laughs> the first time I'm like Shit, Shannon Noel just tell me. Uh, Shannon Ponton just tell me. Tell me. You keep up, saying Noel, and I'm yeah. like, where, where am I Noel, now? I knew it wasn't Noel, but Shannon I was Ponton. like, fuck it, I'll the let it go. I was like, Shannon Ponton, like, kind of tell me up then. I go home and search it, and he's had like professional fights. He was a boxer. Uh, okay. So I'm like, all right. Anyway, um, so one of the days he brings over a bigger mate, and he's like, you're probably going to have to fight someone bigger on the show. So you punch on this guy today. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Anyway, my first time I came home from it, I get home and my missus is like, you look a bit rattled. Like, what's, what's going on for you? Your face is a bit red. It's like, I think um, I think I just had a fight. <laughs> She's like, who with? I was like, Shannon Ponton. <laughs> She's like, why'd you fight Shannon Ponton? I was like, oh, just boxing on his driveway. Preparing for SAS. Like, Headgears, mouthguards, nah, nah, none no, of that. No, no. Oh, body shots, nah. It was punching each other in the head. That's hilarious. But so he just, what, he just, did you know him beforehand? He's like, oh, let's go on a show. We're good mates now. Keep in contact all the time. He seems like that's a how you, That's how you become quickly friends. Yeah. You know? Fast friends. Absolute Fast legend friends. of a bloke. Right. And they paired us up on the show towards the end and like we had to help each other out and stuff. So it was mad. Um, but he teaches me all these techniques. And then, uh, so we put the gloves on on the show and I'm, I'm thinking in my head like head movement, straights, not hooks. And then little Ant grabs me by the headgear and pulls me down and he's like, listen here, you, you know, bastard, you big bastard. They were talk calling me a tall C the whole show. Like, that's all they were calling me, or you big C the whole show. And, uh, and he's like, you listen here. He's like, this is a war zone. No blocking, no backward step. You swing, you move forward, you try to kill. And he's just screaming at me. Jeez. And it just gets you in the moment. And yeah. I'm just like, whoa, I'm like... I'm going for I'm going for a TV KO here. <laughs> <laughs> Primetime KO. Primetime KO, baby. And so then they walk us out and I'm like, Rah! and I can see Eden across the other side. And he's a big unit as well. And you can see he's just foaming at the bit. He's like, oh, I'm like, here we go. Like, ding, ding. And we just walk out. And it wasn't, it wasn't a backward step the whole time. We just stood and delivered full haymakers. Really? Not one bit of head movement. Took everything to the face, like yeah, nothing slick about it. Nothing slick about it, but it was like this is the real deal, and like that's where I felt like, all right, I'm invested in this show now, like I'm into it. Yeah. I've done, like I've just fought a guy, like full bore, and it felt like a street fight. Like my headgear came off straight away, and again, it was just like on the front, 
front garden with uh, Shannon Ponson just punching on full bore. <laughs> hell, that's hilarious. Yeah. So that imagine was, uh, if you were like one of the mums walking her kids home in North Curl Curl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is that Shannon Ponson? Is he punching? Is, is that a Shannon missile punching on? <laughs> <laughs> they must have had a disagreement. Like how, how did that not end up in the Daily Mail or something? <laughs> <laughs> missile and Shannon Ponson punching on. Uh, that's so funny. He's the best bloke, but like one of the great, like one of the greats. One yeah. of the greats. Yeah, he seems yeah. like a good dude. You can sort of tell just by looking at him. Yeah. Mate, you've, you've given us a lot of your time, so we appreciate it. One thing I wanted to ask before we let you go is just around back to Cody Simpson. Simpson. Fuck. Just to you, bro. Not Sorry, Walker. dude. Just trying to get a gauge on, like, what he, the feat that he has achieved. Like, where does that yeah. sit for you? Like, you know, he's there fucking wiggling his dick well, on the, the big stage, and then now he's just come back. Make it, you know, swimmers often seem to retire at the age he's at. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So it's one of those sports, like, you can't fake it. Mm. There's no special treatment. It's like, touch the wall, where did I finish? That's whether I get selected or not. Mm. Even though Kyle gave him the little up yours, and, but he's still qualified for the combination. That was intentional, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. Cool. No, it yeah. just, just was and like, it is oh, what no. it is. And Absolutely. You, you know what? I love Kyle for that. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Like, yeah. it is, you know, take it for what it is. It's a sport where uh, whoever touches the wall first gets selected. And if Kyle wants to do that, and Kyle's good enough, yes. good luck to him. Yeah, and he was. And he was. It was like, you're not, you know, like, we're not on the stage here, bro. This nah. is my stage. Yeah, this exactly is my right. domain. Yeah. 100%. This is my domain. You're not singing here, bro. No. Nah. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I wish Swimming Australia lent into that a little bit more. Like, that's, that's a good rivalry that could be built. They could sell tickets, right? Yeah. But oh, instead they're yeah. like, no, 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 nothing to see here. Like it's they're all mates. Fine, yeah. there's, there's nothing they're going on. They're clearly not fucking mates, right? Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, they're not mates. And that's, and that's completely, Which is completely, completely fine. Completely well. fine. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't mates with everyone that I raced. I wasn't mates with anyone that I raced, really. Yeah. Um, but Cody's like, I, I thought about this and I spoke about it in, in my articles at the time. I've never seen a, a professional entertainer come and make it in uh in a sport like that mm. never seen it yeah like it's madness it is crazy it doesn't matter how much money you have you can't buy hard work or talent mm. like he clearly is talented in swimming has to be and he has to have done the work there's no other way around it there's no possible like magical thing that he could have paid for mm. or that his celebrity status could have got him that shirks hard work or responsibility he's done it yeah mm. And I don't know him that well, but like I applaud him because you can't like what else? What other opinion can you have? Mm. He's done what he's done. Like it's crazy. Fifth at the Commonwealth Games in like a what eight oh. months back or two years back? Bloody or something. good. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you think he can make it to the next Olympics, or is it too far yes. away? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got improvement in him. Um, I think. Uh, and whether he would admit this or not, I, th I reckon he struggled with the occasion a little bit at Com Games, um, which happens your first international race, let alone when you're 26 years old or whatever. Mm. Like imagine at 26, like I've been, ex I was experiencing that at 18. He missed all that. Like he's had big crowds, but like we spoke about, getting on that block is just a bit different. Mm. His first experience of that is at 26 years of age. Like he can only improve from there. Mm. So I reckon he can drop 
another second or so in the next two years. And where does that get him? Why, what, but also, like with age, a lot of swimmers are sort of over the hill at that stage, yeah. right? So what is it about? Is that more a burnout thing? Do you reckon, as yeah. opposed to like you could actually still be? Yeah, I very think it's like at body breaking down type shit. Right. Like you've been doing the same thing. Like how many rotations are the human shoulder made to do? I'm sure we hit our limit at a pretty young age. <laughs> Whereas he's probably let his body rejuvenate. Ah, he probably punished his body in other ways at times. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure he has. Yeah. Supermodels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but probably in terms of the physicality, he's probably rested up a bit. And so he'll peak later based on the fact that he didn't smash himself at a young age. And where would a second quicker get him? Does that get him into an Olympic final? Like, close, yeah. Yep. I'd say the ultimate goal for a Cody Simpson would be an Olympic final. Mm. Yeah, and it's doable. It's Damn, doable. Dude, he's right there. Damn. That was the way he immerses himself though, right? Like, so he's, well, I want to be a pop star or whatever. He dates arguably the most famous pop star in the world at the time. He comes across to swimming. Dates the best swimmer in history <laughs> yeah. from Australia. Like, he immerses himself. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's he's no in. stranger to immersion. No. He's all in. Correct. He's, he's all, all in. in. And you, you can't help but respect him for it. Fucking nice. If, if, if you had to, if we divide the teams here and you go Team Cody or Team Kyle, where do we see it? That's it. You know what? It's tough because <laughs> Team Kyle gets Aussie gold. Oh, gold, gold, gold for the nation. <laughs> but yeah. Team Cody can also... Sing me to sleep. Yeah. Team, team Kyle of recent history has got the tats, the bleached hair, the bloody moustache, the, cri- the, the, the diamond earrings. earrings and shit. Yeah, it's true. He's There's a gone. bit happening. There's, There's a, a lot, lot happening. happening. He won it's again. Like a recent, it's like a recent thing too. He's like, yeah. I've arrived. Yeah, here we go. Hear me roar. I am Kyle. I like Kyle. Is Kyle's he taking good. over like a little bit more of the pop star, whereas Cody's <laughs> taking over a little bit more of the well, Also, Cody Simpson is like pretty jacked. Dude, we pretty, spent like a whole very podcast jacked. looking at his body and his hog. He's completely jacked. That's impressive, hey? Yeah. Like he wasn't in that shape when he was singing. I don't no, remember. No way, way. Dude. Like I've got this image in my head of like slick black blonde hair and like petite. It's kind of like Almost. scrawny-ish, yeah, wiry. Yeah, yeah, Now it's like, dude, you are... He looks like he could play NRL. Yoked, yeah. No, he's and is yoked. he tall? How tall is he? He's not very tall. Not that tall. Not even six foot. Nah. He's not even six oh, foot. He might be like six foot. I think he's like the same height as Emma. Wow. Whereas I like, just thought of him as being humongous. Kyle would, Kyle would be my height, like six five. Your Wikipedia said six seven. Really? Yep. I'll take it. Yeah. You take six seven? I'll when you walked in, you know, he's not six so seven. So did I. Nah. I mean, he's not fucking six seven. So first six, thing I thought, yeah, no what? No what? Six seven would be like annoying, I reckon. Like, so a lot of door frames are around two meters at two meters, and I'm 197. Yeah. So I can walk through any door with confidence. And no, sometimes and I'm with people yourself. and they're like, ooh, but I'm walk through, no, you know, this thing's two meters. No, I'm good here. <laughs> I've got it sorted. If, if you're six seven, you're like, Probably ducking at everything, right? Fuck that. So. You wouldn't want to duck. We're in a goldilocks zone. You and I. We don't six have to one. Six one. Yeah, six one's good. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you very much for coming in. This has been fucking awesome. Thank Genuinely, you. really enjoyed it. And great to meet Loved you. Loved it, mate. Um, your gym. How do the fatties of the world find the gym? Oh, I can just check us out on socials. Yeah. Tribe Marrickville. Um, so I've got Tribe 2204. That's a postcode of Marrickville. Jump down. We had... Uh, the producer from Joel and Fletcher's show in the other day. Oh, yeah. Whipped him into shape. Brooksy. You probably spoke to Brooksy. Yeah, we've spoken to Brooksy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. 
so yeah, come on down to Marrickville if you're in the area. Bloody oath. If you want to get yoked. If you want to get, get yoked, yoked, exactly right. And <laughs> also, we noticed, obviously, you got that Halo Sport hat there. Yeah. How, how long have you been a dribbler for? How did you, how'd you come to know us? I think uh, lockdown, I stumbled across you guys. Mm. And then, as we all did in during lockdown, had a lot of time. So I listened to a bit of back catalogue as well. Oh, I yeah. like that. Good stuff. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a good dribbler knowledge. And uh, I've got some mates who are like fanatics. Okay, okay. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So they're like, actually, you know what? I haven't told any of them that I'm coming on. Oh, I'm nice. just going to send them a picture and just go, guess where I am? Yeah, <laughs> we like freak. that. Yeah, we like freak. that. Perfect. Yeah. Right, you man. sent them our best. <laughs> yeah, Good stuff. We'll Tribe Thanks for coming on, bro. Appreciate Thanks, it. Bro. Legend. Could you two just not talk anymore?